Last time on Almost Heroes. Uh, the guys had to basically finish some phone calls. It was a, it was a call and episode, making some phone calls. Um, Cosmo reached out to Cedric and let him know that we're inbound and to clear the island near the lock, I guess Cedric's island in this case, uh, so we can sneakily approach and get away. Um, I was listening through the podcast again and I wasn't convinced, minus the dice roll, knowing the number that we rolled, I wasn't really convinced that any of the people who were willing to help us are gonna actually help us. <laughs> a lot of the, there's a lot of non-committal answers. Um, so we're going, I'm, I'm gonna do like a thumbs up, thumbs down based off whether or not I think we're fucked. Cedric, seemed like, a, seemed like he was on board. Uh, Glenn tries to then convince the Tigers to help with the infiltration and escaping of Whitport, assuming that they can get the Heart of AO. Uh, that was like a up and a half. They seemed interested, but um, seemed like they were going to run away if they got to. Uh, Rangram almost sends the Ebon Depths Liberation Front to kill Floating Leaf on a bridge uh, after a slight miscommunication, but luckily he course corrects and uh, before disaster strikes, and they seem very in. They were they were two thumbs up. They don't have any thumbs, so they were like two swords up. Uh, Cosmo requested Floating Leaf helps in blocking the bridge. Um, also could have potentially been setting Floating Leaf to their death if we didn't course correct with Elf. Um, and Floating Leaf seemed uh, like passively, I don't know, like a middle. I feel like if quite literally if the wind blows one direction, she's just going to dip. Um, Glenn reached out to Baldor, oh, asking for troops uh, to help with the infiltration and evacuation. He may or may not be bringing a cartload of orphans to fight the Empire. We're not really sure the age range on his fighters or how trained they are, but Baldor is in and, as we learned at the end of the episode, already telling everybody about it. So that's good. I'm not even... He doesn't get any thumbs. Fuck Baldor. Um, Rangram sends Gerd, our little goblin friend from the Evan Depths, on a stabbing mission. No one knows where. Just stab and then map ping, so... I hope it was productive. And at the end of all of it, Cosmo and Bakrin share a nice moment, and Cosmo cures Bakrin's hangover, which was nice. And then uh, the guys take off towards Whitport, and they discuss what stands ahead of them, their fears regarding the challenges they're about to face. Lynn asks Cosmo if they're going to die. Cosmo kind of says yes. Uh, Rangrim decides that he only wants to have heartfelt moments on the battlefield and will uh, save those for our dying breaths as he forgets to cast Revivify. Um, and as the group approaches Whitport, they notice the sky just starting to open up with the starfall and raiding meteors. I'm, I'm calling them meteors. I don't think we ever described or declared what they were besides like falling light all over Sakal. And that is where we left off. Thank you very much, BK. That brings us to episode 124, Rising Tide. So we last left our Almost Heroes, three of you were just beginning your descent uh, into the lakeside town of Whitport. When another star, <clears throat> when another starfall had begun, with streaks of multicolored light falling from the sky to the world below. So as Whitport comes into view uh, below, uh, you can clearly see that there is an imper a large uh, imperial camp that has uh, been set up to just to the north uh, of the town, uh, just outside of it. 
Um, so my first question to you is, how would you like to approach this landing? I know you had initially talked about landing on Cedric Island, but uh, give, you know, talk me through this. Tell me how uh, you're approaching this. Um, it is obviously, it's dark. Um, your underglows, I assume, are off. Uh, so you are kind of, you know, in a pitch black sky. Uh, but how do you want to approach this? Oh, Rangrim, I think it's time to let uh, Cedric know that we're here. Oh, how do you suppose we do that? You should send him a little message thingy. Oh, uh, okay. I thought you meant like. Never mind. Before uh, before you send that message, tell him to uh, bloom yellow peonies in the backyard where he wants the cart to land because he has that uh, cape that I sent him. So just tell him to make a bright landing pad for us to aim for. Yeah, that's really good. Also that. Okay, what what is what is that thing you told me to say? Tell him to make a bullseye of bright flowers. Ideally white, I don't know. But whatever's gonna be most visible from the highest sure. location. So a, a big bullseye right. of white flowers for us to land on. I'll probably owe him a, a flower bed after. Well, his cape can just grow them. I don't know if you remember, but I gave him that cape of the pedal dancer, Robo so he can just literally the, make him yeah. whatever he wants. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'd relate that to Cedric. Oh, you should make some uh, bullseye of uh, flowers in your yard. Glenn said something about a blue peony. Um, we'll see you soon, bud. <laughs> you, you hear back from Cedric on, oh my God, you're here already. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get it ready. Um, and, and you just like kind of just it, it, disconnect as it, as you hear them kind of rush outside, <laughs> essentially. Um, and I, I think that uh, as you are um, kind of. Moving even closer to the town, you uh, you can see now, uh, you know, coming into view Cedric's little uh, house, like a very like beautiful but like small manor house that is uh, kind of set aside on these this little island that is uh, just off of the main uh, the main kind of town of Whitport, uh, in kind of in a bay on the Von Hurst Lock, um, and you can see that you see a little figure that seems to run outside, like a little kind of like white speckles, and you see them just kind of run in circles, uh, and you see these um, what seem like just like this ring of white uh, flowers, uh, and then like a blue center appear, um, and uh, you can see that it's just to the left of, of the manor house, kind of, you know, putting the manor house between, uh, you know, Whitport and where you guys would be landing. Um, and so you can see that uh, that little bullseye has been drawn. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, how would you like to make your approach there? Um, I think if we, if I, I'd imagine I'd notice the bullseye and I'd just try to break the cart down. Um, and I'm sorry, what time of day, day was it? Are we at night right now? Yeah, it would be. Uh, shut it all probably, the glow off. Yeah, probably just after midnight, something like that. All right, so kind of just like we're just slowly coasting right in. I don't know how you like slowly pump the brakes on a magical cart flown by flying donkeys, but like imagine like we're trying to slow the descent as as we come in. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Roll me, roll me that animal ha animal handling check with advantage. Jeez, you guys think I might need my dice to play D and D, right? Maybe. You do. Need some of those. Luckily, they were always right nearby with my handy dandy dungeons box. <laughs> Happy to shameless help. plug 
shameless plug. Um, animal handling, that is an 18 plus a bunch for sure. A bunch. Yeah, that would be a 23. Okay. Then, as you described, uh, the cart comes in for a, uh, you know, a very practiced landing. I think that you're able to kind of bring it to you. I think you get kind of low um, so that you're kind of skimming across the water and then are able to just kind of bring it into a nice uh, slow trot. Um, just, uh, you know, honestly, I think stopping just short of the, uh, I think with a roll like that, you stop just short of the bullseye. You don't even actually trample all the flowers that uh, Cedric has kind of haphazardly uh, drawn in this, uh, well, kind of a, a blue and a blue and white version of the Target logo. Donkey just start nice. immediately start yeah. eating the flowers. I think that's absolutely what happens. Yeah, I think the donkey save the flowers just, starts eating them. <laughs> <laughs> just the white, just the like the white ones, the white outer ring. They start to uh, to munch down on. You see, uh, Cedric actually uh, comes uh, comes kind of comes outside and like looks down and sees them getting uh, munched by the donkeys. And you see just a slight look of like grimace on his face. But then I think that he looks he look realizes that like he can grow as many flowers as he needs to and uh, isn't concerned. I think it's more of like a you know force of habit. Um, but uh, then kind of looks up and is just like, you know, you see his face just kind of like, you know, break into a very broad smile. Uh, he's wearing what looks like a, uh, a crushed vel like crushed blue velvet like suit um, with a just like flowing uh, white and blue, uh, the petal cape that's uh, that's behind him kind of like flecked uh, with the uh, with blue, uh, like, you know, kind of interspersed within the white uh, petals. Um, and you see actually walking out of the front door behind him, uh, you see Leon, who looks a lot more. Um, the last time you saw Leon or spent a lot of time with him, he was pretty rough. Like he had been kind of living rough for a little while, had, you know, had was had kind of like a, uh, you know, kind of a nomadic look to him. Um, but now, you know, he's wearing like very clean clothing, like, uh, you know, not nearly as ostentatious as Cedric, but you can tell that he's been spending a decent amount of time with Cedric and is like his, his style has improved. His clothes look really clean and crisp. And he has that kind of, um, you know, big city sheriff uh, kind of uh, aesthetic to him with like a, a kind of like a wide brimmed hat uh, that he, uh, you know, has on his head as well. And uh, you see his hand kind of on his hips as he uh, comes out the front door and leans against the pole as uh, Cedric comes over and starts, uh, starts kind of petting the donkeys goes, I, I don't even know how long has it been? It's, it's been a while. I, I know we've uh, corresponded uh, Glenn, you know, through, you know, you know, sending books back and forth and whatever else. And I think by the way, you might have, a tome of mine or two, but either way, we'll get, we'll get to that eventually. Um, and I think he just kind of, uh, he's just like, seems just really excited to see, see you guys. Uh, Cosmo hops down off the cart and wanders over and just gives him a big old dwarf hug. And, <laughs> Come here, you little guy. And he just picks him up and gives him a big squeeze. You hear his back pop uh, as and, and as a couple feather uh, or the petals fall to the ground uh, behind him as he uh, as you kind of rustle the <laughs> like I think as you squeeze them you just like feel the petals like crumple underneath your uh, your arms um, and uh, as you like let him down he's just kind of like like kind of tries to push his uh, his suit his crushed velvet suit back down um, but uh, he's uh, he's just like grinning ear to ear uh, and just looking over at uh, Rangrim and uh, Glenn like. <laughs> How have you, uh, how's everyone been? This is, I know that, I know we have like really important pressing matters, it seems like, but I, I can't, I have to, I, I, I don't know. I just, I'm, I'm so excited. 
Uh, you, you know, we've been busy. Uh, I'm sure you, you've seen the you've seen the posters. Um, again, we did not do that or try. Um, not to say we won't ever try, but you know, it's it's been a busy few days, months, weeks, whenever, however long it's been since we've seen you last. Um, we uh, are the champions of the Rockdale Fighting Arena. Uh, we have a tournament yes. coming up soon, which is pretty cool. So if you guys want tickets, let us know. We can probably get you in the door for for cheap. Um, Assumingly, but, we survive till then, but yeah, it's fine. Oh yeah, I didn't really think about that. Yeah, it's been it's been busy. How have you been? What's what's new, Leon? You look uh, great. I mean, the hat's a, a flex considering it's nighttime, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of uh, kind of uh looks a little bit uh sheep a little bit embarrassed uh you know with you complimenting his uh his style he's probably not very comfortable uh you know wearing fancier clothing yet uh and kind of just you know waves it off waves the compliment off goes well as uh as y'all are wanted men uh maybe we should finish this conversation inside what do we think i was thinking the same thing it's uh good to see you there leon and uh, cosmo gives him a nice firm handshake yeah, he's uh he slaps one down on you. Uh, I think that um I think his nails kind of scratch uh your forearm a little bit, even though you can tell that like they've been more manicured. He still has kind of like longer, pointier fingernails than a normal human would. That tracks. It it does tracks along my skin. <laughs> it does. <laughs> it um, but I think Leon uh, turns like uh, you know kind of uh, claps you on the back after uh, you know kind of holding on to that um, that forearm handshake, claps you on the back and walks you inside first Cosmo, uh, leaving the door open for everyone else to follow. Um, and I think that, uh, you know, waiting for Rangrim and for Glenn to get off the uh, the cart, uh, Cedric, I think, would follow, uh, follow you guys inside. And as he does, I think he would just lock the door pretty soundly. And you see, like, the curtains are already pulled and the lights inside are, uh, you know, down to being as dim as possible as to give the perception that, like, you know, everyone's asleep uh but the the living room is uh like i said it has kind of this uh this very like moody ambiance to it with uh, a few candles flickering um there is no hearth that's you know no fire going in the hearth but um you know there's already uh you know a couple uh, a couple haphazardly uh placed uh, teacups around the room uh you know on the different chairs there's there's one armchair in particular that is like cedric sized and the rest of them are you know larger for his uh you know you know, full-bodied guests. Um, but yeah, uh, you guys are able to uh, take up, uh, you know, spots around the room. You take up uh, spaces on the on the cushions or if you want to stand. Um, and uh, I think that uh, Leon, uh, you know, kind of takes his uh, takes his place. I don't think he, I don't think he sits down. I think he probably is uh, standing in, you know, in one of the, one of the doorways, uh, just kind of seemingly a little bit uh, just, you know, on edge, a little bit uh, on on the ready, uh, just in case something were to uh, you know have grokked your guys's uh, you know appearance in town. And yeah, I think Leon starts and goes, "Well, uh, I think that um, we might want to dispense with too many of the pleasantries and you know get down to brass tacks, just in case uh, you know things don't go as uh, as we might be expecting. There are." Um, I did station a few of the, uh, you know, the other wear tigers around the town as kind of lookouts, and they uh, they will do a call out to us if uh, you know anything does seem to be amiss. But 
Uh, as of now, we haven't heard anything. So we can assume that, at least for the time being, your presence in town has gone unnoticed. But I'd like to, I'd like to hear it from myself. I know you told Cedric a little bit, but what the hell's going on? I know you apparently tried to kill the emperor, and you know, as I think is probably like, you know, maybe one of you guys sputtered a little bit, like, oh, we didn't do that. He's like, waves it off again. He's like. Listen, uh, does, whether or not you did it doesn't matter to me at all. But what matters to me is what does Whitport have to do with this? And, you know, what do you, uh, what do we need? What do you, what exactly do you need from us? And what do you need to accomplish? Uh, Cosmo kind of looks at the other guys and it's just like, you want me to tell it? Go for it. Oh, all right. So what is going on? Right. The the short version is is that uh for some time now we have been pursuing a creature beast known the name that we know it as is Chakar. Uh he kind of turns to Cedric and nods and <laughs> Yeah, Cedric Cedric looks excited as if he's gonna say something and Leon just kinda like looks at him and just like gives him like a shh. Ch- yes. Uh Chakar is a beast being that nobody had ever heard of uh it exists um well i had a key i was protecting the key something wanted it out some time ago um that key was stolen from me and the beast was released from its uh cage the beast took over the being of a uh devil i think he was and is now it exists like a four-winged black dragon of sorts with like six legs and it's huge but that's not the real big bad the real big bad that is controlling that big dragon we don't know its name right we don't we don't know who it is oh well kind of ideas ideas it's not for sure. It doesn't matter. What does matter is that beast seeks what we know as the heart of Ao. Ao, the former god of creation, or what is he? Isn't that his title? The god. Of, he's the like over. That. He's the he's the over god. Some, yeah, he's the he's the god of the the creator of the gods. Creator of the gods. Creator of the gods. Right. Supposedly, a piece of his heart survived when the seven took over. We are trying to find the heart to keep it out of the Empire's hands. Uh, The Empire, who is also in cahoots with Chakar and the Big Bad, want it to do bad things with it. Not really sure what. Now, the reason why that has to do with Whitport is up until about, mm, say, a week ago, we didn't know where it was. Now we know that it exists in a long-lost temple somewhere out in the middle of the Von Hurst Lock. Out there. And so Whitport, being one of the largest ports onto the lock, makes it a hot spot. Um, and well... Which is, which yeah. is why we were asking you what the activity on the water has been like. The, the town is one thing, but we're 
more worried about what's going to be out in the water because water combat is complicated logistically. So what we need from you guys uh, amongst other of our friends, we've tried to uh, assemble a, a large group of allies of our travels and days to try and um, thwart that plan and get the heart and get away. Really, uh, it's it's getting us in and out. We're, we're going to go to the temple. We're going to see if we can find this heart of Ao, and we're going to try to leave Whitport before Whitport gets involved in this war more than it is. Yes. So your involvement is to make sure that our involvement stays to a minimum, if possible. Do not get involved unless needed. I, I would say. Would you agree with that, Cosmo? I I would agree with that. Um, I yeah. I think, that's that's I think, a lot. So go ahead, process, ask questions. I think <laughs> that um, Cedric simultaneously looks terrified and just absolutely enamored and like energized by this. Like as as the person who like is essentially a historian uh, mm. for these legends. Like he's you know simultaneously terrified and excited about this um and doesn't say a single thing leon on the other hand is you know much more pragmatic it's kind of now there was a lot of that that was just i'm just gonna kind of push to the side and just kind of that's a that's a you problem but and there's it's good but a lot of just kind of buck wild stuff going on in there but when it comes to, you know, us not getting involved, what you are essentially describing is, you know, kind of an end of days scenario. So I don't really know if uh, not getting involved is much of an option, but, uh, you know, we'll do our damnedest to stay out of harm's way as much as possible. But at the same time, it seems like you can use all the help you can get. So. You know, we have everything uh, that we have at our disposal, at your disposal. Because uh, you request earlier uh, via your uh, sending message to Cedric and, you know, whatnot, we um, we were able to procure, procure you a ship or, well, at least a small fishing vessel that uh, you can take out into the center of the Vonhurst Lock. It's, um, uh, you know, you remember you might be, might have met them last time you're here, not, not really sure. Uh Either way, there's a fisherman, little little fisherman uh, dwarf named Noah, and uh, he is uh, kindly enough, uh, been kind enough to uh, volunteer his craft for this, uh, you know, for this mission. To be fair, he's uh, generally so drunk in the evening that he doesn't make much use of it anyway. So, uh, but either way, he's uh, he's going to be getting it ready for uh, getting prepared for you to take out on the uh, op onto the open lake uh, and. It should be basically, I guess, at this point, the uh, the hardest part will be getting you through town and making sure we don't run into any, you know, impromptu patrols that the Empire might be putting out. But like I said before, for the most part, we have uh, they're they're pretty regimented with their their, you know, with how with how often their patrols come through. So. I think that as long as we stick to the schedule, we might be able to make it 
through and get you to the docks without uh, too much of an issue. That uh, uh, you, sounds good. Yeah, I, I agree with that. We, uh, I'm, I'm guessing you didn't tell Noah who was borrowing his ship, right? Uh, actually, I just said that we would be making use of it for, uh, you know, as kind of the, the sheriff of the town. And he kind of like um, glances down at his little like shiny sheriff badge. Uh, he goes, I guess you could say we, uh, we commandeered it, but politely, okay. of course. Well, um, uh, can we get deputized? Because uh might help us plead our case in the future. Um, if you have any of those sheriff badges left, I'd love to throw one on before we go, you know, save the world. Well, uh, I guess, I mean, my, uh, my two companion wear tigers are kind of uh, my, you know, official deputies but you like rummages you see him like rummage around in a, a satchel that he has on his side uh, and pulls out what look like uh three kind of like the equivalent of like tin like child's sheriff badges essentially Hell yes uh, Hell and yes. they don't say share i think i don't think i think they say sheriff on it they just say uh you know like uh, you know official junior deputy of whitport i think is what they say on them and he uh <laughs> he hands out uh the three of them too he's like I have these, so whatever, uh, whatever makes you feel more official. Glenn takes all three. <laughs> oh, okay. I was gonna say, uh, Glenn, you can, uh, you can have mine there, friend. Glenn's already pinning one onto Genevieve on top of his head. Uh, that's fine. I'm still a constable. That's right. You sure are until disproven, which nobody can. Which nobody can open that letter because it's <laughs> covered in blood and water. So right. <laughs> uh, okay. Congratulations on the uh, on the promotion there, Rangrim. It's, it's quite a thing. It's he's putting your nose to the grindstone, you know, climbing that corporate ladder. <laughs> right. So Burn that uh, candle on both hands, I get it. Yeah, all right. <laughs> he's working for the Empire and fighting against it. You know, what, what can you do? Ain't that always the case? Now this boat, uh, say, can it fit our car? Can it, or is it too small? Now that's gonna be a tough putt. Uh, this thing is eh, mostly made for maybe you know four to five fishermen at a time. It's definitely oh. a smaller, smaller yeah. vehicle. So I, I don't really that's know tough. if the uh, if your cart's gonna be able to make it onto it. No, is that's, that, uh, is that th gonna be a deal breaker? No, no, not a deal breaker at all. I just for proper planning of all is all. Yeah, there are not many uh, huge uh, kind of you know large ship seafaring style vessels on the von Hurst lock most of them are you know smaller fishing vessels or uh, dinghies of some sort uh, what has the uh, yeah. empire been patrolling with yeah the empire's been uh it's been interesting they have uh, quite a quite a medley honestly i think they kind of just um i don't know how many of, of these are official vehicles or how many that they also commandeered from kind of uh, unfortunate fishermen all around the Von Hurst Lock. Got it. If uh, there is one one request to those who aren't going with us, uh, Leon, it seems as though you're going to maybe escort us to the ship and send us on our way or join us on the ship. But um, this this cart is the, the package for the time being. We, if you want to bring 
someone over from your group uh, to keep an eye on the cart. But if this this cart gets bogged down by investigation or prying eyes, uh, it's an opportunity for a lot of problems. So any any means of keeping this secure and uh, giving us an opportunity to get to it and get out is is kind of mission number one for anyone who's staying behind. Well, um, I think I might have just the perfect place. Uh, do you remember where that uh, campsite was where you we all first met very first time? Uh, that has been just kind of, you know, turned into, for the most part, hasn't really been uh, of any use to anyone for some time. So um, we could store the cart away there in the in the middle of the woods and the uh, the old campsite. That way you'd know exactly where it was and be out of sight, out of mind. Um, I hesitate to like, I mean, cause then I want, I probably would prefer somebody standing guard over it. I could put someone with it. Uh, we, uh, we're of course, you know, don't have too many people to, uh, you know, to spare in these times, but if you need someone yeah. to keep an eye on it, I, you know, we can, I can set one of the were tigers, uh, a guard and I mean, they're going to be able to keep most people away from it. We can also throw some kind of cover over it. I don't know if you have any kind of like, you know, magical cloaking. He's like waving his hands up in the air. Like it's uh, like some, some sort of, you know, magic or, or whatnot, but uh, you know, might be, you know, a good old, uh, good old fashioned, uh, you know, tarp or sheet or something might, might do for the time being. Yeah. That would have been a good, uh, good old thing to ask uh, old Jargon about maybe like 60 episodes ago, but, but uh, that's for another story. But nevertheless, um, I don't know. What do you think, fellas? Should we just try and hide it out here back behind Cedric's house? Or should we try and move it? Because then we'd have to move it. Yeah. Uh, I think we I think we keep it bolstered to, to Cedric's house. And uh, Cedric, why don't you just add a bunch of blooming ivy all over it and yeah, just kind of hide the hide it if anything it's just two donkeys that's that's nothing too crazy just try to cover the entire cart make it gorgeous flowery yeah sure not cart like uh yeah no that's no that's no problem at all I, I i really like that idea you know i i have been wanting to try out some uh some some ivy some you know i think that there's a, a beautiful fuchsia one that i could you know that we could try he's like sitting there like thinking to himself and uh just thinking of all the different kinds of colored ivies that he could potentially grow over this cart um but yeah basically what cedric is uh is pitching that uh he would you know kind of detach the donkeys from the cart uh you know just kind of moor them to the side of the house out of the way pull the cart so it's just like completely uh up against the uh the building uh out of the way as well uh cover it and then basically grow vines over it so that it looks like uh just a you know a big mound of uh you know of ivy that, that sounds like a great plan i like that one just don't get attached to the ivy because we're probably gonna have to burn it when we get out of here yeah we're gonna just we're gonna roll right out of here no offense i'll either cut it out or maybe you can magically ungrow it to preserve its nature i expect to uh all the bells and alarms and everything going off, and we're just gonna hightail it out of here. That's that's how I expect uh, that to go down. And uh, you see, Cosmo, he kind of reaches into his armor and he pulls out the uh, the golden ticket thing, 
And he just starts kind of looking at it. And he's like, does anybody remember this thing? Is it going to... Do I have to, like, draw a circle to, like, come back here? Uh, I think when we were told, you just write the location that you want to go to. So I just write I it's like a, Cedric's a house. Burn. Yeah. You might even be able to go as vague as the cart. All right. Well, I'll... um. That sounds just fine, then. I just want to make sure we don't have to draw anything on the ground before we leave this place. I think the only time we've needed teleportation circles was uh, when we were using the chalice, but that's All right. spent. All right. Uh, but, I can yeah. confirm that you just need to... Uh, you just need to write the destination, and once it has been written on that space, it cannot be removed, um, and basically it just allows you to cast teleport. Great. Perfect. Then we'll put this right back in where it's safe. Um, well, I think that uh, that kind of begs the question of should we even just once the boat once we're dropped off, does should the boat just leave and just get out of there? Oh, the uh, from the middle of the lock. Yeah. I mean, that might be smart. No point signaling to whoever might be watching where, where? we're, where we're That's at, true. what we're getting up to. Do a good old fashioned drive by. All right. Okay. Float by. Good. So we get out into position. Uh, you'll drop us off. I don't know what it's going to look like or how that's going to go. I sure hope everybody makes it back. Drop us off. And then you run and come back and. Well, I mean, hopefully. Nothing bad happens. Oh, yeah, we were trying to figure this out. Leon and Cedric, you didn't notice a giant temple just all of a sudden erect out of the lock, right? Yeah. Didn't missing an island you haven't seen for, like, centuries just, like, show up at all? Uh, Leon Leon chuckles and goes, no, I think uh, I think we might have had some, uh, some fishermen that might have raised the alarm if that were the case. Uh, and I think that the, the Empire would have been... Uh, you know, pretty curious if that uh, if that were to happen. So even though the the lock is rather large, I think that you know something of that scale would be visible even to us, even through the mists. So, but uh, but no, uh, it, and he's kind of like looking over at Cedric, and Cedric's just like, I haven't heard of any ancient temple that's in the middle of the lock. Is this? Is like, I I don't uh -oh, doubt Cedric, you at all. Slipping. <laughs> I, he's like he looks embarrassed his face turns already he's like uh, uh, maybe I need to borrow one of your tomes it seems uh sure I got a tome for you and I'm going to hand him the book uh that I got from oh my god what were the brother's names why do I always forget his name the oh. sorcerer that got Dusty. basically oh, split uh, in half um, oh, the, from the, the Evan Depth Evan brothers Depp. Um, what was the sorcerer's name? Oh my god! I also can't remember his name. Yes. Uh, he was the uh, he was the one dragonborn. eye, the one eye. Alton. Yeah. Uh, Alton? Yeah. It was, Alton uh, one eye. Alton, Alton one eye was yeah was the anyway the the the, the yeah the brothers. I'm gonna I'm gonna give him the like the cursed super macabre <laughs> that book for him to read at night <laughs> just to give him a nightmare. <laughs> it was all about like mutilation and desperation and starvation and. The Perfect. darkness that perfect yeah spawns so, from all that so 
yeah, yeah you hand you you hand Cedric over the uh, the diary of of Alton One Eye, and uh, you know d- d- recounting the stories of how his uh, him and his brothers were essentially trapped in the Ebon Depths uh, in in the temple of uh, of their basically their god. Nope, I don't that- recount that. I retell it as it's a uh, Hansel and Gretel esque story with a happy ending. Perfect. I love it. Um, the coming of age tale. Yeah, and. Uh, <laughs> If for anyone who hasn't listened to those uh, to that to that would like to listen to that coming of age tale, it's uh, I think somewhere in the in the early to mid early to mid twenties is I think in the episodes early to mid twenties. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> who knows? Um, either way, uh, I think that uh, I, I think that Cedric is um, is just kind of like looking looking this thing over and goes and then looks back up at you. Um, is there anything I, I know that you know world ending all the all the really important things but is there anything that in the meantime I can help with uh, I know that apparently I don't there are gaps in my knowledge thank you for pointing that out Glenn but is there anything else that us that I can look up in the meantime I, I know that I was able to help with uh, some of the discovering things about the, the gold breaks and, and some other some other you know iconography but is there anything else that uh, you you need help with is there any questions i could be looking into i don't know fellas what gaps do we have right now i mean we kind of know what we're looking for we know where it in theory is um and then after that like i don't really know i don't really have a request either uh you will be receiving some guests soon that I feel like it's a good idea to let you know about. Oh, yeah, that's uh, Baldor from Rockdale. He is going to be providing fighters or a cart full of children. We're not sure yet. Um, either way, they're here to protect you and the cart, ultimately. Um, Baldor will not shut up, so I would just bring him inside and let his his people work how they need to uh but maybe keep him away from the guards if possible because he will just tell them that they're doing a stealthy mission uh he he looks at you just kind of like eyes agape and it's just like uh sounds like quite a character and it, uh he kind of like looks over at um looks over at um oh my gosh leon and then uh, looks back at you guys. Goes uh, okay. Um, we'll get. Uh, I'll I'll give Jody a heads up so that she can prepare the inn to make sure that there are rooms available for them. Um, I assume that we should be expecting them presently, uh, with you know pretty relatively soon. If that's the case, if if things are kind of beginning to break bad, as as it were, I, I sounds like they'll. We should be expecting them soon. That's uh, it seems likely. I mean, it's unknown. We reached out to most of our uh, allies, uh, I'd say, probably about two days ago now. So I would expect them hopefully soon. They all understand the urgency of what is at hand. Some of them maybe know more. Most of them probably know less than what you both know. So the fewer people that know everything that's at hand, the better. So I, particularly Baldur, apparently. Uh, is worth reminding. Also, yeah. 
I, I, I don't even think I told him that you were involved. I think I just told him to ask for you. So you might be able to play it completely. You're aloof and yeah. uh, let, let him really tell you what he knows. Cause it'll at least be entertaining up until you want to kill him. So um, yeah, mom's definitely the word in a lot of ways. And thank you for being someone we can trust Cedric. It's, it's, it's been uh good to know we've always had someone in Whitport that we can rely on. And and you too, Leon. Let's uh let's go uh kill some people. Sounds good? I think uh, Yeah. I think it's time to head down to the harbor. I think Leon uh Leon kind of uh stands up straight and goes, Yeah. I I reckon uh I reckon that is the thing to do and Kind of, uh, I, I think Cedric, just like looking, you know, looking a little bit of misty-eyed at uh, at that like kind of heartfelt thank you as you guys uh, head out of the house, and he kind of uh, clears up the uh, starts clearing up the dishes and the little um, you know little teacups uh, after your guys' uh, you know the the leavings of whoever drank the tea or didn't. Either way, he's cleaning them up. Um, yeah, you guys head out the front door and. Oh um, uh, well, to... Cedric, before you uh, start like doing all all your cleaning, mate. I'm never here when I don't know if this disappears or anything and I'm just going to like snap my fingers and just hero's feast just rolls out along his dining room table. I'm like, <laughs> um, you were cleaning. I feel bad if it was a nice thank you, but I honestly don't know what happens to this. I've just done it in rooms and then we never ever go back to the room I've done it in. No. Weird. Well, if anything, like Baldur and the guys might, uh, or kids. Baldur can't have any. Never mind. Okay. Uh, well, I'm going to load up snacks because I'm getting peckish. Uh, I want to take full advantage of this magical bounty ahead of us. And Glenn is just like time? stuffing his sleeves. What is the hero's stuffing feast your sleeves? The hero's feast this time? This is like, this is a very classical looking, like, full anime spread. Like, very Ghibli movie, just like all the food looks better than so talking, ever possibly I'm talking could. hot ramen. <laughs> yeah, lots yeah, of it's eggs. like a bowl of ramen, like eggs, bacon, like cakes, those fruit sandwiches that they eat in anime <laughs> for some reason. Perfect. I love it's it like, so much. Terrible, like bread and fruit, but who knows? It's a straight, it's just a scene uh, directly out of like Howl's Movie Castle or something like that. Yeah, basically that's the and it like rolls out like that too, just on the table. All the food pops up like a big tongue. Oh, you know what it is? It's the scene from. Uh, oh my gosh! Anyway, I'm just going to start talking about Studio Ghibli movies. Um, Spirited <laughs> Away, where they're feeding No Face. It's like that. Yes. Yep. It's ex- yep. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I'm just looking for the spell. I can't find it right now. I I hope I have it prepared because this would be awkward. There it is. <laughs> I just need to make sure. So it takes up to an hour to consume, uh, and and it disappears at the end of that time. I, that, that's what I was looking for. I'm like, what happens to all this food? Okay, so so it goes away after an hour, essentially. Yes, yes. Okay. So uh, Cedric, you just see him. Um, you see him looking at the looking at the uh, the food, and then you see. Um, I, I think you communicate to him that it'll disappear in an hour, and he just goes, "Well," and you just see him unbutton like the top button on his uh, on his on his waistcoat, and he goes, "Hell yeah!" Ah, uh, I'll do my best. I love it. He is the hero. 
<laughs> see him rip off a big uh, like chunk of like turkey leg and just starts uh, you know nomming down on it as uh, as you guys um, head outside. And um, Whitport itself, it looks. I mean, it's dark, but it looks really you know similar to the last time you were here. It's still like a quaint kind of like small-ish town um, that is like you know humbly built, but but like very lovingly so. Um, and you can see that there are just kind of are ambient lights and torches on the buildings around that are kind of like casting a uh, you know kind of a, a friendly welcoming glow around this town. Um, doesn't seem like it has been, you know, you know it's not desolate or ravaged too much by the, you know, the soldier occupancy. Um, but you can see that there have been some things that have been built up. It seems like, uh, you know, Jody's has, uh, her tavern has like been kind of expanded on a little bit. So it has like a little bit larger, uh, maybe potentially housing for, uh, you know, there seems to be stables outside of it now. And like, there's some of the rooms that seem to be attached to it. Um, and simultaneously, the market itself seems to have grown as well. So it, it seems like there are a lot more stalls and like there are a lot more merchants uh, that seem to have moved into this town and potentially the town seems to be uh, thriving pretty well. But um, so as Leon uh, walks you guys outside, he, I think, points like directly, directly to the west. And uh, you can see that you know, basically straight straight shot across the water to the west is where you can see the docks are. Um, and you can see that there are lights on over there. You know, there's some different torches and you can actually see that um, kind of the dark silhouette of a, you know, small to medium sized ship that is uh, moored just off of, um, off of the docks. And you can see that there are other uh, ships that are there as well. Some that are like covered, uh, some that are in like varied states of, um, you know, you know, don't seem some don't seem to have sails and, and whatnot. And there are also like a number of like smaller dinghy style, like two person fishing vessels as well. Um, but uh, yeah, you can he kind of uh, points off and goes now over there. You can see it kind of uh, moored off the uh, the edge of the dock. But uh, that's that's Noah's ship. That that larger one there is going to be the one that uh, we thought would be the best for you to uh, to take out. All the rest of them are either still out on the lake or have, uh, you know, uh, just haven't returned, uh, you know, in time. So I think this is going to be the best one for you. And, and Noah, like I said, doesn't, you know, little drinks a little bit too much in the evenings and doesn't make much use of it anyway. So uh, he should be there with it, making sure that, uh, you know, he generally sleeps on the, on the ship, but he'll, he'll find a space over at Jody's for tonight. You know, seems like you all have, uh, will make more important use of it than, you know, just him having a kip on it. So, I guess basically all we gotta do is make our way over there, and he uh, he looks up at the up at the moon uh, and looks at the, kind of the stars and puts his hand up like this, goes, and uh, look at that, just about time to. I think this is. I think we should have maybe about fifteen minutes if we were to uh, to go quick before we might have another patrol. We have a nice nice open window right now, and. Uh, he pulls a um, he pulls a small uh, like a small whistle uh, like a little small little like uh, silver instrument out from underneath his shirt, um, and he uh, he gives that like a like a, a, a short like it sounds like he inhales and like does like two puffs on it and like pushes air through it but no sound no audible sound to you comes out and in response you hear a couple different. Uh, responses that sound like um, like quick uh, kind of like bird calls, but they are like different kinds. And like, I think that like you roll me nature checks is just just for fun. 
Uh, nature fifteen. Nature three eighteen. Okay, yeah, Glenn uh, Cosmo. Uh, you can tell that these are. They sound kind of suspicious. They sound like these are not normal natural birds, but you can also tell that they are camouflaged enough that someone who hasn't spent as much time outside probably wouldn't been able to pick that out. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, you know, Leon, Leon does that. Uh, you know, use that little that little small uh, cylindrical instrument and then drops it back down underneath the shirt and goes all clear and uh, starts heading his way uh, down the um, basically down the little tiny uh, walkways that connect these small islands to the mainland of Whitport. Uh, Leon, before we get moving, is there a, like a no-kill list in this town, or they look imperial? Am I allowed to clear the way? He uh, he gives you a hard a kind of like a hard, stern, calculating look there for a second. Goes your town, man. I'm just trying to be respectful of it. Yeah, I, I appreciate you asking. Um, obviously, you know, town folk—they're all good folk. You know, I don't think they're going to give you uh, any reason to, to, you know, do them any harm. But, you know, the Imperials, uh, you know, that's a little bit more, it's a little tougher. So let's just say that let's, you know, if we are in a situation where we have to, uh, let's say, you know, unring a bell or, you know, you know, we see someone that might be, uh, you know, ready to cry wolf on us or something like that. We, uh, if there's a way to dispatch them non-lethally, I would appreciate it. But at the same time, um, let's just say that we don't want, uh, we don't want t- too much, uh, undue attention bring, being brought into Whitport. Uh, so, uh, maybe let's just say that, uh, let's try to not have witnesses. And if we can not have witnesses in a non-lethal sense, then all the better but you know end of days and all that we uh gotta do what you gotta do sometimes well i i think he brings up a really good point especially from a stealthy point of view when it comes to not alerting the empire as to our presence and our uh movements that would if they see us escaping on a boat i don't that would pretty much give them a 12 hour heads up as to uh that we're doing something out on the lock. It's a great point. Yeah. Well, all right. I will uh, be focused on um, non-lethal, but you know, some sometimes shit happens. Knife slip. Some, you know? Sometimes it does. I get that, but you know, <clears throat> think think big picture. Think big picture. Right. Yeah. Good point. Yeah. He nods uh, and he goes. I understand. Also, have you seen any arbiters in town? Have they made their way down here yet? Oh God, I hope not. Or up here, I uh, guess. Arbiters, uh, those are those those big fuckers. Uh, you know, real. He kind of like struts, puts his shoulders out like this. Uh, uh, I haven't um haven't seen too much of that. There are um, I thought he was going to say, say some, yeah, <laughs> some elite uh some you know some some heavy more heavily armored individuals that and uh, that are going around town as well as um. I don't know some some magic wielders that seem like they uh, they might be able to uh, <clears throat> slang some nasty spells uh, you know at a moment's notice. But no, I haven't seen any uh, official arbiters or anyone that's uh, 
you know, directly representing the faith over here. So that's, uh, you know, we at least have that going for us. But uh, of course, you know, more people arrive at that, uh, you know, the ye old encampment uh, to the north there every single day. So I guess, uh, guess that just gives us even more reason to, you know, get booty scooching. Yeah, lead the way. Uh, yeah, Leon uh, kind of starts heading, like I said, heads. I think you guys have made it to the mainland at this point, past uh, all the the little bridges that connect Cedric's house uh, to the uh, you know to the actual like mainland of uh, Whitport. And I think that you see uh, you see Leon kind of like do a quick like hand si- uh, signal to into the trees and you hear like someone knock on the tree twice, just like two quick knocks. Um, and he kind of does a quick uh, salute um, is you assume that like he has someone watching uh, from in there as well. Uh, just be maybe just behind that shack that you guys initially found that uh, that first murder at. Um, Glenn's going to like I, elbow Rangram go, this is where you started your doorknob collection. Oh yeah, shit. You can see that the uh, the the house has been uh, repaired and seems like you know there's actually someone like some family that lives in there now. It's not like just still like a, a empty shack at this point. We'll, we'll come um, back to the doorknob. Just to rip the doorknob back out. Um, mm-hmm. I love it. I think you guys start heading west. Uh, you know, making your way over, and um, you can see that you know to the south uh, there's the like you can see Jody's Tavern that's been like you know kind of. restructured and it seems like it's you know you know kind of in its prime now at this point you see past that uh to the south like this the small little fishing village uh where all the fishermen sleep um there's a few other shacks and and little houses and huts and stuff that have been uh you know constructed uh in the in the meantime like i said it seems like things are you know going well for whitport uh, for the most part um and you know he makes you guys make your way over to basically the bridge and i think probably a leon uh you know kind of directs you guys off to the side to like hide behind like a close, a close building or something uh, and kind of keeps an eye out uh, looking across the bridge. And um, you guys uh, roll me perception checks uh, to, to help Leon, um, you know, look, keep a lookout. So much. 27. Damn it. Not that much. 24. <laughs> Two. <laughs> Perfect. Let's go. Well, Cosmo, Cosmo with, the, go. with Cosmo with the two. Um, He's with looking the, two, the wrong way. Yeah, with the two, you are uh, you are looking. Uh, yeah, you are looking the wrong way. Uh, you're looking uh, north. Everyone else is looking uh, is looking west. Um, and uh, you're like, I don't, I don't really, I don't really see anything. I don't know what's going on. Uh, Cos or uh, Rangram and Glenn, uh, you you look over to the west uh, along with Leon, and uh, I, I think that. You can see that it seems seems like there's not much going on, um, but you hear something drifting, like kind of over the uh, the wind, uh, kind of from the southwest, um, and it sounds like a number of voices, but they are they're far away, and they, they seem like uh, you know there's just distant voices you can hear, uh, you know, from across the bridge uh, to you know to the uh, southwest. Uh, and Leon kind of, uh, you know, his ears perk up a little bit and goes, all right, don't like the sound of that. Um, follow me. Do you, rec- kind of, do you recognize any of those voices? They sound familiar at all? I don't. Um, and that's, uh, I don't know if that's a comfort or a concern, to be honest. And uh, he he's like, 
kind of waves you, uh, goes, all right, let's go. And uh, he starts, Cosmo, uh, starts heading. this way. And he turns Cosmo around. <laughs> Pulls Cosmo around, who is looking to the north, still like just kind of absolutely transfixed, trying to see, make sure that no no soldiers are coming from that northern road. Um, luckily, there weren't. Not that you would have seen them, even if they had with the two. But uh, you, uh, you start heading across the bridge. Um, I think just... Um, Going as quietly as possible. I know for the armored folk, that is, uh, you know, not incredibly easy. But uh, either way, there's no one seemingly around. So even your kind of echoing footfalls uh, don't seem to cause, uh, you know, aren't, aren't any cause for concern. Um, and as soon as you get past the uh, the bridge, Leon immediately just kind of like uh, heads to the left uh, and kind of starts ducking back behind uh, the buildings that are, uh, you know, normally storing. Like these are. These are larger buildings that are for like, you know, cleaning of fish and for like processing them and, and getting them ready for market. Essentially, you, you can smell like just like kind of the day old catch, like kind of wafting off of these buildings, even as you're passing by them. Um, and, you know, to your left, there's just basically like a, you know, kind of a sheer drop off like that just goes down into the water, just like rocks, essentially like a wave break. You guys head uh, head down to the south and you start to see the docks uh, come into focus. Um, and as you do, you are starting to notice that the sound of voices is getting louder. Um, you are looking from your side of the docks across to uh, these these kind of further docks where you can see the uh, like you know the larger the, the small to medium size uh, fishing ship uh, fishing vessel of Noah the the dwarf moored, but additionally you can also see there are a few torches that are held aloft. And you can see that there are a number of figures that seem to be uh, kind of surrounding a smaller form that is standing at the end of the dock near the ship. Um, and as you are coming into uh, into view, and I assume like Leon kind of waves you over to like kind of take, you know, hide behind a few barrels or whatever the case is to like stay out of view, uh, you can hear that uh, there are some voices that are, you know, they seem raised. And you hear one voice in particular that just goes, Now let me get this straight. You have just been sitting here down by the docks waiting for what? Uh, and you hear a voice that goes, Well, I just... Um... I... Forget. And uh, you you hear just like a... Like a just deep sigh. And... Uh, goes okay well that's not really an option there so i think that um maybe you might need a bit of uh you know how we say persuading and uh you hear um you hear a just a quick like kind of burst of some sort of magical effect go off and you see a, a bright flash of light uh, and you hear a thud as a small body hits the ground uh, and a cry out of pain um, and I think as you uh, look over the barrels uh, you can see that Noah is now laying uh, like on the docks uh, kind of curled into a small ball um, and you hear a kind of um, a, a chuckle of a few uh, a few figures as um as uh you know as this happens um and you could tell that there are you know at least three uh figures that are over here um but uh i think that uh leon goes all right well um fuck i guess um 
this <laughs> doesn't seem to be uh, quite the best situation. Uh, I don't really want to. I don't really want to let all uh, old Noah, uh, you know, take take one for the team. So uh, anyone have a plan? Uh, take the training wheels uh, off. I mean, just let them have it. I don't know. Don't let one get away. I really like to take the training wheels off, but we could just like skip wheels altogether. And Glenn's going to uh, kind of rub his hands together and do some kind of iconography. The looks like it's the same thing. Just go and casts water breathing on all three, four of us. Uh, and he goes, I bet you they won't be expecting this from underneath. And Glenn is just going to stealthily dive into the water and Navy Seal this shit. Okay. Um, did you cast it on Leon as well? Yes. Okay. Uh, I How love it. How long does that uh, last? Is that all day? Or is it just now? 24 hours. 24 hours. That's I I'm... guess you guys didn't need the water breathing potions, huh? <laughs> Those are the get out of jail free ones. I see. Okay. Um, awesome. Who's diving into the water? Quick, quick, quick. Well, yeah. See, that's how we do things here, Leon. That's how we make a plan. And Ramgrim just gonna bloop, like cannonball in. He's not graceful like Glenn. Okay. This is a very this is a stout dwarf with a shield and a giant like flaming <laughs> warhammer on. Okay, uh, Cosmo, how about you? Um, he think he's kind of thinking audibly out loud. It's like, well, I can breathe underwater, but I'm gonna sink. How do I get back up? How am I supposed to swim in this armor? And uh, he just looks to notice if Rangrim is sinking or swimming. That's a great question. I don't really know how that works. I assume you can just paddle really hard. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, got a, I have a whole bit tied to this. I'm sinking like a stone, Cosmo. You're sinking okay. like a stone. All right. All right. Oh, well, shit. Uh, Glenn's probably swimming. I'm just just walking across the bottom of the lock. Leon leans over to you, Cosmo. Goes, yeah, I mean, if you want to, do you want to just go on the land? I can, I can, I can go with you. Lend some, lend some backup. Well, Glenn you, noticed that there's not a third splash, and he goes, uh, Cosmo, you can stay above water. This is just in case you fall in. Right, uh, Leon, you can now also breathe underwater. I can, I can manage myself up top. You feel free to stay incognito. Uh, um, this might be a little bit uh, kind of on the nose, but um, I don't know if it's ever since I was turned into a were tiger or what, but um, not really. Water's really not my uh, my favorite thing ever since. Oh, all right, then we can we can sit this this we can stay up dry on this one together, then, eh? Two from above Sounds and two from below. Sounds good. And Leon uh, kind of um, like stands up and goes, well, there's really not much uh, point in being, uh, you know, too much incognito and go and you see him uh, kind of like just kind of put his hands down by his side. And you see his uh, his fingernails grow to about like two inches long and you see his arms just like erupt in this like orange and black fur that kind of like just kind of takes over his face and he doesn't go full wear tiger, but he seems like he's kind of like in a hybrid form between the two. Um, and he goes after you, Cosmo. All right, then let's uh, move away around the dock and uh, Cosmo's just going to head that way. And he's going to put his hand up on his ear and uh, Glenn, Rangrim, uh, Leon and I are staying on top. 
we'll let you guys make the first move. Let us let us know when you're at the base of the dock. We're gonna bring Noah and the whole group right into the water with us. Do it. Let us know when you're ready. All right, let's go, Leon. Yes, we're just gonna kind of move across the spot here. Okay, roll me a stealth check. I think that that would be what I want from you. Okay. With disadvantage, of course, because you're wearing plate. Do we need to roll stealth checks for being underwater? Uh, with advantage. Do you really want me to roll it? Roll for Rangram. <laughs> Rangram's at the bottom of the advantage? water. Yeah, I. I, I guess that's just a straight roll for Ranger and then at the bottom of the water. Um, I, I think, that, I think that's the lowest I can roll is 25. Okay, that's fair. Then I rolled a 34. <laughs> Hilarious. I am underwater. Hilarious. Um, it also is nighttime, so I just look like a spectral like skeleton swimming through the water. Because anytime I'm in like dim or dark light because of that armor, I like turn. Uh, I rolled two 15s, so I'm a 16 on my stealth check. Okay. Damn. Uh, Leon rolled fucking bad, uh, and uh, he rolled a, he rolled a three uh, plus a four, uh, so that's a seven. So I think that Cosmo, you're you're moving along, and I think that uh, you know Leon. You step on his tail. You. Yeah. I... <laughs> Meow. I think that. Um, I think that. I... I think that he just steps on a, uh, I think he steps on uh, something that like a board or something that just like creaks incredibly loudly. And like with this increased weight, I think his foot kind of falls through it slightly. And you see this, uh, this guard just turned, that was already kind of looking at the splash sound, like just looks to the left and goes, and just kind of like the, the, you know, uh, Metal Gear Solid exclamation point, like goes above his head, goes, huh? And then Leon just goes, well, shit. Wait, just wait, wait. <laughs> and then you just Cosmo puts his arm out in front of him and just goes, "Go, Glenn, go, go, go." We've been spotted. Uh, Glenn is going to cast. Uh, fuck, what is the spell called? Oh, uh, Maximilian's Earthen Grasp on the sand at the bottom, oh and he's just God. going to pull the pylons at the end of the pier that Noah and the other two are on, and just rip the front. Like the basically the bottom four boards straight out from underneath. So like Noah and the two guys are going in the water with Rangrim and I. I love it. I'm not even going to make you roll for that. That's incredible. Um, as you basically the, the the sand just like swells up around this thing and just rips the the pylon supports out from underneath it. And I think that the uh, the the larger heavily armored soldier in the front, as well as what looks like a mage. Um, who were kind of directly confronting Noah, just like within a second, like the ground just kind of drops out from beneath them uh, and they slide uh, down. I think that it kind of like turns into a ramp a little bit as it kind of just like slides down into the water. And I think the three of them now, I'm just going to move them over uh, here off the edge of the, um, off the edge of the pier um, as they are now uh, all in the water. And you see the, um, the heavily armored individual like kind of fighting uh, to get himself above water. Um, as you see the other uh, guards who are just trying to start rushing, uh, rushing forward um, in an attempt, uh, attempt to help. And I think as that happens, um, I think we are going to roll into initiative. What is everyone's initiative rolls? Uh, 15. So bad. Uh, mine is a 10. Yes. Fantastic. What? So bad. You how can you even roll too. a ten? How can you even? I didn't think that was possible. I rolled What'd a you get five. Rangram? 
I got an 11. Yo. Hey, look at that. <laughs> um, well, in that case, uh, that is going to put, uh, that is going to put our, uh, our war mage first. Uh, you see this, uh, this, this figure who has fallen into the water and, uh, is holding this staff and like kind of goes down below the water for a second. Um, and I think that Rangram, you see them kind of like floating down towards you, Glenn, you see the same. Um, and then you see like their, their hand light up, um, and they, uh, you see them like touch themselves and also reach out and touch the figure to the side of them. Uh, and they cast water walking and you see, uh, both of them just buoyantly come to the surface of the water uh and uh, you know aside from noah he doesn't extend that courtesy to noah either uh but he casts uh, water walking and you see both of them uh are now standing up on the surface uh he doesn't have time to do uh press the digitation to dry his robes uh but you can tell he probably would very much like to um but that is going to be uh the war mage's turn uh he has would... a lot of really cool stuff he can do uh but unfortunately that that casting that spell burned his whole <laughs> his whole turn so That's why spellcasters um, are rough i would I like to good. use my reaction to use a weapon that we have not used in so very very long actually i don't think it's ever been used but i've been trying to use it this whole goddamn game uh i am going to take an attack as a reaction with the lash of the spell drinker when a, co- when a hostile creature within the whip's reach casts sure. a spell, whip. you can use your reaction to make a weapon attack. So just whip. kind of yes. off the off That's the hip, awesome through the water. So I like to think there's like this like cracking of um, like there's a space. Have you ever seen oh what are those pi- those shrimp called like the pistol shrimp the ones that yeah. hit things so yep. fast? That's like the effect that's happening. It's like this whip is it. coming through. Um, uh, it doesn't yeah, stop his effect. It just lets me attack in the middle. And doesn't it do something additionally too? Like it does. Like it, it does absorbs. if it hits. Okay. Um. So I can use my. There's some weird. So plus ten to hit on. Okay. Sorry. Confusing. Um. Should be a ten. So a. Oh damn, that's not good. Uh, thirteen to hit. It's a mage. I'm guessing it's gonna miss. Um, I, I, you said a 10? 13. 13 to hit. 13? Uh, yeah, unfortunately, that is not going to hit. I'm sorry. That's fine. Uh, yeah, that was... That was a really cool a really cool attack, though. I really like that. Stay close to him for a reason. Yep, that's okay. my reaction. So I'm out of reactions for this turn. Okay, awesome. Uh, that is going to... Uh, that is then going to bring us to the heavily armored figure uh, next to them. Uh, who I'm just going to tell you is I'm just going to instead of don't I have to refer to him as heavily armored person next to the mage. Uh, I'm just going to uh, tell you that his name is Captain Yuri. Uh, so just so I don't have to, and I'll just probably call him Yuri just so that you there I don't have to refer to them uh, in such a long title every single time. Um, but either way, Yuri uh, is uh, now up on top of the water, uh, and you see them just rip this like massive. Uh, basically two-handed sword off of their back uh, that you can see is just like gleaming like with kind of an unearthly um, almost like cosmos armors gleaming like it's it's there's something special about this this weapon it is it is incredibly uh you know it's incredibly sharp um 
And uh, I think that he is looking around, uh, trying to see if there is a um, if there is a target. Glenn, are you above water? Or are you down below water right now? Oh, I'm very much underwater. I, I was like on the ground. I guess I would have had to be within ten feet of the war mage in order to use that uh, the whip, though. So, yeah, yeah, you are. Okay. Well, I don't know what like um, the depth. I don't know how that. I, I think smooth. that. I think that yeah, Yuri is going to uh, like look around and uh, just seeing Noah, who's just kind of like floating in the water, kind of like semi-conscious, <laughs> just kind of like looks down at him and looks over at the mage and just I think turns around and uh, like walks back up onto like kind of at a at slight run, uh, walks back up onto the um, uh, onto the dock area since it's kind of like broken at a, an angle, is able to walk back up onto there um, at half speed, of course, um, and gets up onto the dock next to the boat uh, and kind of starts uh, there. There's a soldier that's there on the dock and he kind of points to him and goes and like points uh, further down uh, to like keep an eye out. And uh, he's just going to basically, um, you know, he used his movement, um, but I think he's going to hold his uh, his action, uh, waiting for uh, someone to appear, basically, uh, where he can attack them. So he's going to hold his action. Uh, that's what Yuri's going to do. Um, and that's going to bring us to Cosmo Stoneheart. I was just thinking, I was like, I hope it's not me next. I need to, yeah, a couple more seconds to figure <laughs> out. That's right. I, I have some, uh, I have some, uh, some conversation I have. So uh, Yuri, I think looking, uh, looking uh, like, looking around goes come out now little uh, little little hiding piggies come on it's uh i have a surprise for you uh, well uh don't do it it's a trap <laughs> wait who was <is> that <laughs> do i just engage with them they seem to have uh, settled back down um or i can try uh, no, and there's board definitely the there's definitely a soldier that is like moving towards you <laughs> that saw both you and uh oh i didn't know um, if the distraction uh really kind of like turned them away uh, uh i think that they probably did but they also like saw basically a half transformed were tiger that is moving towards them so i don't think that they probably oh, okay. looked over for a second but it, their, their attention's still on you oh okay all right well then i guess we're in this thing he's just gonna like he cosmo is just gonna hop over this uh little deck fence here I don't know if that's a pre-act. I don't know how that works. Come on, stop. Uh, roll me an acrobatics. <laughs> sure. Acrobatics, all of it. 14. That's enough to jump over uh, essentially the side of a dock, I think. <laughs> I think that's fine for essentially a demigod character. It's fine. <laughs> Here I am. come back from hell twice. <laughs> I don't, anyways. Uh, here I am! Ah! And he's gonna run at him and, uh... Oh, God! Attack. He's gonna run at him and attack! Okay. Uh, you see this, uh, this soldier who just is basically, you know, sword and boarding, like, just, this seems like a pretty common, uh, a common soldier, uh, it just kind of, like, sees you kind of running towards him as he's keeping an eye on this, like, much larger figure that was behind you on Leon, um, and all of a sudden this, like, dwarf just, like, hops the side of this dock and just, like, barrels at him like war pick uh, just like leading the the charge uh and yeah, i think he barely is able to get his sword and uh and shield up in time uh but yeah roll your attacks great all right that's oh, a lot soldier a all right Maybe soldier it's for a. alphonse yeah natural 20 holy shit you're gonna make this guy's life real short soldier uh, uh, bye bye 
Uh, the first one was a 32 to hit. So, nope. <laughs> but, so, yeah, actually crazy. It does, he, he's, he has one HP, but his AC is 40, 45. The <laughs> <laughs> squishy cannon. Mm -hmm. That is the glassiest of cannons for sure. Uh, it definitely hits. Um, okay. So then um, let's see. How do I do combat? I'm so bad at this. Uh, Teach me how to Dougie. It's okay, right. you're new. It's okay. It's all right. All right, so I mean, hey, get all get all the uh, not knowing how to do things out of the way now, because you know before the big bad happens. Right, right. So first attack is fourteen. The second one is oh, you're fucked. Um, <laughs> that's the die roll I want to hear. <laughs> oh, you're fucked. So the first one is 14 damage. The second one, unfortunately, is going to be... Uh, is it good or bad? I can't 46. tell you. Yeah, this randomly generated Gary just explodes in a so, pink mist. Um, so His name is Alphonse. So <laughs> Sorry. 48 plus... What did I say the first one was? 14? You said 40... Uh, yeah, so he yeah. takes 62 damage total. How does he die? Or, or uh, not die? You can make the decision. Um, I think it is non-lethal. I foresee Cosmo runs up. He runs up and he kind of like uses the war pick and he like scoops his leg and then just like knocks him like real hard. Uh, Non-lethally in the side of the head. Okay. So you cave in his, uh, you basically, I think you, you, you slightly dent and kind of slightly cave in his helmet, but like just enough to like basically yeah. ring his, ring his bell hard enough where he just like immediately, like, I think his head just bounces against the ground and he just drops say, does, unconscious. Does the earth use non-lethal force on the rebound? <laughs> yeah. You see Pasta there's actually like, him, but earth does. Yeah. You see there's actually a concave in the, uh, in the dock below where his head like partially goes through the oh. wooden, uh, the wooden decking. Uh, as he uh, as he goes down, but this uh, this figure is uh, is definitely he's a sleepy boy. Uh, he's taking a little nippy nap. He's taking... He is asleep. Um, I have a bonus action that I don't think don't I can delete really... this guy real quick. Delete. Alphonse is asleep. Um, and then um, that's hilarious. I don't think there's anything I really want to do with my bonus action. No, I'm good. Okay. Uh, well, there's a sleepy boy in front of you, um, and that's going to bring us to uh, Rangrim Darkforge. Uh, Rangrim, what I'm going to do is I'm basically just going to ready for the tallest jump I can, and then I'm going to cast Control Water using the Redirect Flow <laughs> option to use the force of the water to propel me onto the deck in front of these two NPCs. Okay, and I love it. Land right here in front of this guy. And I'm not even going to say anything. I'm just going to spit seawater at him. Um, I still have con concentration on control water because it's 10 minutes, but that would kind of, that burns me out for actions. Okay. And bonus so, uh actions. I think that uh, I think we get the nice comical like the, the basically launches you out of the water and drops you onto the deck and like just like water splashes down in every single direction as like there's just steam emanating off of your uh, off of your like massive 
Warhammer, this like wild fucking mix of a Warhammer javelin that is just like just steam radiating off that as you like you land. I think he's just looking at you, and then all of a sudden your mouth you just like you squirt it squirt like a squirt thing of of, yep. of seawater into his into his face. He's just sitting there like wait wi- like it wipes off of him. He's just kind of looking at you, um, and uh, that's gonna be Glenn's turn. <laughs> Love it. Uh, Glenn is going to, with the intention of staying close to our little, uh, war magey friend. Uh, oh shit, he's still underwater. Glenn is going to just swim up and like, everybody's nightmare. The war mage isn't underwater. He's on, he's on top of the water. Oh, I know that. Yeah. But Glenn's going to pull him underwater and Glenn's just going to go up by his, by his ankles and pull him down. I don't know if you can do that with water walking. Oh yeah, you can. He's that's gonna fucking slingshot him. It's gonna launch him in the sky. <laughs> I think it says that on the spell. I think if he's pulled down, there's like a, a rebounding force. If he let go, it might launch him. Oh my god, I have to read this. Okay, hold on. Water walk. Um, okay, so this spell, yeah. Uh, bu- 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 bu. There's like a table. It's like XD6 per second. Like it would travel back up towards the surface. If the target creature is submerged in liquid, the spell carries the target to the surface of the liquid at a rate of uh, 60 feet per per round. So, um, yeah, I mean, I think that that's hilarious. So you're gonna pull. You're gonna pull him down. Uh, roll me an uh, athletics check. Sweet. Nat 20. That was the Hold wild on. roll. It bounced <laughs> off my cup, off the dungeon's box, and landed right back down. Oh, let's go. That's that's actually if you could duplicate that roll every single time with bouncing and hitting those exact things that's actually the secret to getting a natural 20 every single time i believe it i believe it i don't know if anybody could hear it was like it's kind of cool (laughs) um uh nat 20 on uh, i think that yeah i think that with a nat a nat 20 does whatever it wants to do what do you want to do with that glenn oh what a what a kind question you would ask me john (laughs) i would like to do exactly that um, but if I could bake an attack into it, it would be, I'm going to take Rangrim's, uh, dagger that he made me, the double-bladed scimitar mini dagger, and I'm going to imbue that with booming blade. And so I'm going to pull him down and stab him. And then when I let go, he is forced to move. So no matter what, he's going to take the blooming bi- booming <laughs> blade damage. So he's going to fly oh. into the air. He's going to explode I mean, yeah. underwater and fly in the air. If you're going to be giving up your, I mean, you're, if you're giving up an attack, like, I'll let you absolutely do that. I think that that makes sense. Yeah, that would be, that would be, like, the attack. I'm not going to take the nat 20 on the attack. Um, no, no, no. Just, you would roll that separately. Plus one, right? Uh, R- roll the, da- that's, that's what I'll do. Roll the, um, roll the dagger attack separately. Uh, just, just, just so that I, you know, we can see whether or not it hits here. But I, I will let you okay. do that. Uh, not a nat 20. interesting. Um, although it is a dex attack, so elven accuracy because elf things. Damn. Uh, 29 to hit. It does hit. I think that's gonna do it. Okay, uh, uh, so tell me tell me what happens. So it's a d4 plus 6, and then, yeah, so like, <laughs> Glenn, Glenn, like, pulls him down because with water breathing, you can talk underwater for whatever reason. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Under the sea. <laughs> there you go, he goes. He just pulls him down. He goes down where it's wetter, and then stabs him with a booming <laughs> blade into the chest, and then lets him go. So, like underwater, he explodes as he erupts. It basically, just looks like you know that thing where people jump in the water with the ball. That's literally all it is. Is he just goes poof? 
He comes flying out. I love it. Okay, so how much damage does he end up taking? Not that much. <laughs> um, Unless he takes any fall damage hitting the water. A d4 plus 6. Oh, that's definitely not a d4, Brian. Uh, okay, so that's 7. And then Booming Blade is 2d8. So, uh, holy shit. I rolled two sevens on those. Um, hold on, how does that work? It's... Moving, yeah, okay. Um, since he's going to be forced to move, it's twenty-one damage, and he's okay, fought, he's 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 airborne. Plus the seven? No, no, it, it's twenty-one damage total. It was uh, seven on like the knife, and okay. then two more sevens on the two d eights that would come out of it. Okay, awesome. Um, oh, wait, what level uh, are we? Oh, I'm 15. sorry. It's both damage rolls increased by one d eight. Level eleven, two d eight, and three d eight. Oh, oh no, it's more than this. Oh, I forgot to... I honestly have never once leveled Booming Blade. I've been rolling Booming Blade wrong for so long. <laughs> oh, shit. It gets uh, really so strong. Yeah, it's 21 plus... It's supposed to be 5d8 if they move. Oh. Uh, 21 plus... So 29 damage total to this guy. So he just, like, rocket erupts out of the water. So eight exploding. additional damage is what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I've been rolling that wrong so long <laughs> since level eleven. I've been doing this wrong. <laughs> amazing. I love it. Um, okay, so uh, Glenn, um, is there anything else that you do on your? I mean, that was an awesome move. Is there just, anything else that you can do on your turn? Uh, I'm going to stay underwater and try to stay within ten feet of the mage, depending on where they land. So <clears throat> okay, I think they go straight up and straight up, uh, down, they, then. Absolutely. Glenn they just land. 10, 10 feet lower again. I think they land kind of in a heap uh, on the ground. Uh, so, like, I'll, I'll have them have to get up from, from like, uh, basically not, I guess, prone or something like that when they, uh, when because they I think they kind of come back down in a heap when they land uh, on, but they're still up water walking. So, they're still on the surface of the water. Um, that is going to bring us uh, to the, the, the figure in front of, uh, of Rangrim, um, Soldier B, who I'm going to call Bartholomew. Uh, and he's going to, uh, looking at Rangrim, uh, with water dripping down his face, uh, he is going to attack you. Um, it seems like it's more out of fear than it really <laughs> is of any kind of, like, anger or, like, uh, kind of malice. Uh, but this figure is just, like, striking out at you because you are terrifying to behold. Um, let's, uh, let's roll some attacks here. That's not gonna do it. That's a 14 on the first one. And that is yeah. a 14 on the second one. Wow. Uh-oh. Um, Doing so good. Don't hold the door open for Rangrim. You see, he <laughs> just, like, throw a couple. Um, you basically see, he throws a couple attacks. Um, and uh, then is... Oh, actually, no, I'm sorry. He gets one more attack. This is not going to do it, though. No, this is also an, this is an eight. Uh, he just he does a couple things, and he, you see him, like, attack twice with his long sword, and then, like, pulls a short sword out and, like, tries swipe, swiping that as well. And just, like sitting there and he's like just like i think they're just pinging off your armor like they're just absolute they're hitting you they're just not doing any damage at all and i think he just like looks at you and you just see the color drain from his face uh as uh, as bartholomew uh is unable to do any damage to you um that is going to bring us to uh soldier c uh who i'm gonna call curtis uh and uh bartholomew curtis. and curtis and Alphonse, and Alphonse, Alphonse, and, Alphonse. Alphonse and Curtis. I could have gone even uh, 
Soldier Yuri. Yuri. Soldier A never lived long enough to get it. We get Captain Yuri. True. That's true. Captain Yuri. Captain Yuri. Uh, Although yeah, it's still so, just War Mage. That's true. Uh, <laughs> that's true. He can. Um, he, he might get a name. Uh, All right, Curtis, go. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Benjamin the War Mage. Uh, Warwick the War Mage. Anyway, sorry. Um, okay, so uh, the soldier over here is going to, uh, is just going to see, like, things are not going well at all. Uh, and you see, um, you see them kind of like, uh, I think they're going to hide behind this, uh, they're going to roll a stealth check. Oh, they rolled really well. Good for Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> would would that be against our perception or how does that work it's against passive perception yeah they're not in your view cosmo technically no. the building's blocking the building's them there yeah um technically Rang they're behind rangrim so it, his passive perception i don't know if that would actively work um so anyway i'm gonna say that he rolled he rolled really really well uh so i he's well good enough he rolled a 14 uh i think you just see him dip down uh behind the behind the banister and hide behind a barrel uh and they are uh they are now uh just kind of you know they're just hiding out over here um so yeah uh that is that's going to be it for uh curtis's turn that's going to bring us to our boy leon who is going to just like come barreling down uh this like I, he has massive massive amount of movement let's actually see how much movement he has uh yeah yeah he he can get there uh, especially in his hybrid form um and uh he's going to uh get behind you cosmo and uh i think he's gonna kind of see that he's he might just stay behind you cosmo and hold his action to see whether or not he needs uh he needs to do anything else um oh man that's actually no, that's fine. I, I think that he's concerned about Noah, um, but there's so much in between him and that. I don't know if he's going to make it all the way over there anyway. Um, so anyway, yeah, Leon's going to go behind you and is going to hold his action. Um, I did realize that I did not use the held action of the uh, of Yuri, um, but I think I will. So I think I will do that. Um, I think I will do that now. Uh, Yuri is going to see uh, Rangrim. He's going to see you uh, show up on the dock uh, and is going to turn around. He still can't see Glenn down below the water and is going to uh, just, I think, start letting off some attacks at you, Rangrim. Uh, let's see what he can do. Uh, Yuri, who uh, I think he looks at you, Rangrim, as you walk up uh, and kind of like, make your amazing entrance onto the dock and goes well 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 look at what we have here if it isn't one of the ones that the emperor is looking for huh it's uh so wonderful for you to just kind of wander so so willingly into our midst huh now i uh i assume you're not just going to go quietly eh no no that would be too easy but don't worry we'll make you and uh, he's going to. Uh, you can you can respond if you'd like to, Rangrim. Rangrim spits wa more water at him, but there's less in his mouth, so it's just like a slower trickle. Like I think it just kind of hits his boots at this point. <laughs> I love it. Just like you, just a little bit of water just kind of flex onto his um, 
uh, onto his boots. I, I love it. Um, I assume on a held action, he doesn't get to, like, he was just holding an attack, so he doesn't get to do much other than just a, like, yeah, just I, a attack. You, if you hold an attack, if they have a multi-attack, I think you'd have to, like, you have to specify, but, like, if you were holding an attack, it's that attack, or, like, because I know if right. you, like, hold a spell and then the trigger doesn't happen, you still burn the spell slot. Right. Yeah, you're, you're supposed to call the trigger, but if you're, like, holding your attack for this, then you would definitely get multi-attack, because that, like, would be his attack action. Yeah, uh, the problem is he's not within uh, melee range of, of Rangrim, so he's going to use his, uh, which, what I was readying was actually his double crossbow, uh, so he's going to use that. <laughs> is that double as in, like, he has two of them, or it's one crossbow that has two bolts? That's a great question. Um, it says, it just says double crossbow. I'm assuming just, I'm just gonna say it's a big ass crossbow with two bolts on it. Um, he rolled like absolute dog shit uh, anyway, so it doesn't matter. Um, so this this uh, this double this crossbow goes off um, and just like, expl I think the bolt just explodes on the front of uh, your shield, Rangrim. Uh, and I think he just t like looks at the crossbow and just throws it into the water and pulls his sword back off of his back. And I think that that's what he's, uh, that's what he's preparing for now. And that's going to bring us to, that's going to get rid of his readied action. That's going to bring us to uh, the War Mage who uses half of their, um, their movement to stand up uh, and is just going to like, they seem fucking livid. Like they are very upset. <laughs> Uh, this guy got rope-a-doped by so much water tactics. Benjamin, the uh, Benjamin, the war mage is fucking very upset, um, and you uh, you see them like looking down uh, into the water. Uh, man, how can he? How does he? Can he? I think he can do a perception check to try to see you. Would that would that contest your stealth? You see Glenn underneath. <laughs> Okay. Uh, yes, it would contest my. Well, I attacked. Uh, did I use a bonus action? I didn't use a bonus action. I didn't say that I hid. So yeah, I'm just uh, disadvantaged because I'm ten feet underwater. But I don't even. I truly don't know how that would work. He um, just attack with disadvantage because he knows I'm down there. I don't know what kind of attack he's doing. Okay. Uh, I think he has a. <laughs> I think he knows what he's gonna do to you. Um, this will be fun. Rude. Um, you see his hand glow uh, with a white light uh, and that he kind of points in your direction with through these like clenched teeth uh, and I need you to make me a charisma saving throw good uh, you're on your own there super charming uh, 16 <laughs> that doesn't do it uh, Glenn you're banished oh hell yeah see you in a minute where do I go <laughs> Where do I go? That's um, that's that's a great. I think you just go into uh, actually, yeah. Where is it? Actually, a different plane of existence that the, from what you're on. Um, I think you get banished to a plane where everything is. It, it's like the room of requirement. There's just crap. There's just like a bunch of garbage in it. Like there's things. <laughs> things go. It's like where things go to get banished. Like it's just an un ending supply like of just trash piles you basically land on it's like a it's like a, a like a landfill as long as far as the eye can see with like the astral sea extending above you 
Uh, I would have taken a reaction as he was casting it to again use the last the spell drinker. So I like to think okay. I'm like cracking out as he does it. Uh, <laughs> and I just want to see if it hits. Uh, oh no, probably not. Uh, Fifteen to hit this time. Um, okay, uh, that that does not hit. Okay, so, yeah. So Glenn like cracks it out, and then like as he extends his arm, he just is somewhere else. Okay. Uh, okay. I. I just realized that this lasts for a whole minute. So basically, I just took Glenn out of the, yeah, <laughs> the combat. <laughs> so, so sorry. Glenn is, Glenn is going to use the rest of these rounds to rummage through this stuff and look for stuff. I love it. Because now okay. Glenn is no longer in combat. <laughs> okay. Um, okay, well, the War Mage uh, got, got his revenge on you, essentially, uh, and is going to uh, essentially turn around and uh, just abandoning Noah in, in this... Uh, in this just water area uh, is going to turn around and uh, just move, move up to um, like kind of alongside and behind uh, Yuri. And um, yeah, I think that is going to be uh, the end of the war mage's turn. Uh, that's going to bring us to Yuri, who is going to move up on Rangrim uh, flanking Bartholomew and is going to just absolutely start Whomping on Rangrim as much as he possibly can uh, with his uh, special big double-handed uh, sword. Uh, my god, that first one is a 12. That second, these guys cannot roll. That second one's an 18. That's not enough to hit you. Third one is a 26. I'll allow it. Uh, the uh, And that that fourth one is a 20. Not natural. That one does not hit. Right? Nope, it does not. Okay. Um, you're only wielding one uh, shield right now, though, right? Yep. I have the barricade okay. shield and my just my um Perfect. Warhammer. Okay. Um, awesome. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hit you with the uh, with that one hit then. That's gonna be uh, 14 slashing damage. Uh, that is all that uh, that he has for that attack. So Yuri is just like absolutely upset <laughs> and is just going to uh, continue wheel, uh, just like slashing down you with that sword, um, kind of flanking Bartholomew. Um, and that's going to bring us uh, to uh, Cosmo Stoneheart, um, who is uh, just hanging out with the sleepy boy, Alphonse. Oh, all right, Leon, let's go help the others. And uh, Cosmo is going to step over Sleepy Boy A, and um, run straight down the dock. I guess we'll see how far we can go here. Cosmo runs down. Uh, I imagine maybe he, like, jumps down onto the dock and uh, goes in for the attack on uh, Yuri. Okay, yeah. Um, Yuri, you can see he's, like, in the midst of like slashing uh, at Rangrim with this massive sword, uh, looking like not afraid at all. Like Yuri looks like very confident in in, in his attacks. Um, but Rangrim, uh, yeah, or Cosmo, you uh, you have now engaged in combat with uh, with Yuri. I'm just gonna move Leon up uh, behind you since he had like that readied uh, readied uh, just movement basically to to help. So I'm just gonna move him up there. Um, but yeah, uh, Cosmo, what do you want to do? Um, gonna use my attack actions. Okay. That's what we're gonna do? Well, if it isn't another one of the uh, the Empire's fugitives, huh? It is going to be quite a payday for Yuri. Yuri has to uh, survive the night first, as uh, Cosmo swings down heavy with his war pick. I feel like there was a thing 
That's a 19 plus 15 to hit. Uh, Okay. And a dirty 20. Dirty 20. Yeah, dirty 20 to hit. Yes, that hits. Your boy Yuri takes another whopping uh, 48 damage. Uh, Yuri is uh, is still still looking okay. Um, he takes that damage, um, and yeah, he's uh, he's, he's not loving it, but he's uh, he's fine. That ah, is... you're one of those tough ones, huh? <laughs> That's okay. Yuri is too. All right, show me how tough you are, then, now, man. <laughs> um, he flexes. Roll for intimidation. <laughs> That's actually pretty good. Uh, it's a 17 plus a charisma, I guess, with Yuri. That's uh, a zero. He's not very charismatic. Are we Except intimidating? Are we rolling an intimidation off? I mean, yeah, it's it's just for just for uh, S's and G's. But yeah, go for it. All right. What'd you get? 17. Oh, that's it? <laughs> 25. <laughs> okay. Uh, you flex and your muscles have muscles and Yuri is uh, a bit intimidated. Perfect. Um. I love it. Uh, okay, uh, so that's going to bring us uh, to uh, Rangrim. It is your turn, my dude. Rangrim's gonna look over at the guy that like, like Bailey scratched his armor, and I'm gonna give him like a real quick two for flinching. <laughs> okay, and as yeah, I do that, I'm casting harm on Yuri. Okay. Oh uh, my god. Simultaneously. Oh my god. Uh, so first thing, roll me an intimidation check with advantage uh, because. I think you've gone back to the eye patch, which, if I'm not mistaken, that actually yep. gives you advantage on intimidation checks. It did. I forgot all about that. That is my intimidation is okay. So it's an 18 for the intimidation on the other guy. Okay. Okay. I'm gonna see what kind of um, does not have very much resolve. Uh, I think that as you simultaneously. I think as you simultaneously reach over and cast harm on Yuri, you can tell that this guy is, he takes like one step towards the docks, like but one step back as if he is like about to jump off the docks. Uh, but I think that he is like his, his pride and like his training as a soldier is keeping him there, but he is like real close to just like jumping off and, uh, and, and making a, making a run for it. Um, and it might just take his commanding officer going down to do that. Uh, so yeah, once, is, his, uh, once his commander gets taken to dunk town, he'll make that decision pretty quick. Absolutely. Um, but, uh, yeah. So, uh, so yeah. How much uh, damage does Yuri take? Oh, actually, um, is there a saving throw involved? He does get to make a con save. He takes half damage on a successful one. Uh, and if he fails it, his hit point maximum is also reduced by the amount of damage he's going to take. Perfect. Um, oh, my God. Um, Wait, are you casting over the gloves or your own spell? That's because of the gloves. That's a freebie. So... That's, a, that's a thanks DM. <laughs> a return to sender. <laughs> yep. <laughs> All right. So let me, uh, so the saving throw here, uh, what kind of, it's a constitution saving throw? On save, correct, yeah. Perfect. Um, so Yuri has a uh, has an ability uh, that basically gives him special or gives him um, advantage, uh, and I'll you guys will get to know more about this. Um, you know, if he beefs it, uh, but he essentially has the ability to you know have advantage on saving throws against spells um, that target only him. Uh, so he rolled a 
22. What, 22 will, 22 will make it. Okay. Um, he got really close to, uh, to something else, but essentially it just, yeah, he, he is able to, um, uh, he's able to make that save. Is it half damage then? It's half damage, yes. So I'm rolling okay. that up right now. Oh, Yuri, you're so glad you saved, bud. And then nine more on top of that. That is a grand total of the max damage. Had he had taken, it would have been 63. Okay, so it's uh, 32? Sure, yeah, we'll go with 32. 32 right, or 31, uh, however you want to rule that. Yeah, usually I round it up anyway, so. Uh, 32 damage uh, for Yuri as you basically reach over. And I think as this, like, ne black necrotic energy just, like, wrecks through him, even though you see um, a ring that's on his finger glow with, with like, a magical aura, um, and that you can see that it kind of absorbs some of the um, uh, some of the, the necrotic energy, uh, but it is not enough. Like, you see just wounds open up all over his arm where you uh, where you touched, like, basically grabbed him with this. Uh, and, I mean, it is, it's not good. You see him, like, he is he is in the bloody category now, and you see that kind of, like, confident smile uh, drop from Yuri's face a bit, uh, kind of, uh, you know, even elevated more by the fact that his uh, soldier just took a step backwards away from him. Uh, so, you know, I'm going to take your shiny ring, and I'm going to sell it to a Rakshasa for well less than it's worth. And that's how I'm going to end my turn. <laughs> oh, uh, Glenn, uh, what roll me? Uh, what are you doing? It. What are you doing in the, uh, the, the in the far, far aways? Glenn is Glenn is just sorting the recycling from just vibing regular trash. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Roll me I a think... roll me an investigation check. Okay. Investigating recyclables. Uh, not not a lot. Uh investigation six plus something wow six plus ten so oh i have proficiency Tw a dirty 20 the lowest i can get on investigation is a 20 okay uh, <laughs> um <laughs> rogues are stupid <laughs> rogues are uh stupid. i i you're you're sorting through some stuff and you definitely find like some like you know you find some cans full of like some copper pieces and like some different things it seems like these are these are different is this the um, ogl 1.2 <laughs> <laughs> oh. um i mean that's just the entire garbage that you're sitting in uh, completely damn. that's uh but uh yeah I don't, you don't find anything particularly uh valuable but i think maybe you find like you know five five gold pieces worth of uh of of material that uh while you're sifting through things you find a couple cans of maybe people's life savings or whatnot that got banished away <laughs> at whatever point in time <laughs> um but uh, but yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll we'll move on uh, over to uh, Bartholomew, uh, who I think is gonna hold his action. I think he still has his swords up and he's readying attack in case someone attacks him. But I don't think he's going to engage at all. Um, that is going to bring us uh, to uh, Curtis, who I think is also just gonna sit there and continue hiding behind that barrel and is not gonna make an uh, make an attack on you. Um, I think just absolutely terrified about this entire thing and I, I think that um you can hear like i i think that at this point yuri notices this and is like are you fucking kidding me you're just going to let me fight them on my own <laughs> he's just like starting to yell and get really upset um and uh but i think that that's uh, i think that's gonna be it um i think that uh leon uh he, like you see him start to sniff around and 
take notice of the fact that there is a soldier here hiding behind the uh, uh, the boxes and starts moving up towards uh, Curtis, who's sitting here hiding behind the boxes. Um, and I think that uh, he just looks down at him and goes, boo, and is going to roll an intimidation check on Curtis. Which, oh, and it's... Yeah, I've... He rolled a crit. <laughs> Curtis, uh, leaving a trail of pee behind him, just gets up and just like goes running. I think that he just takes off uh, to the left, running around the building, um, and is uh, is trying to flee uh, at his uh, at his full. Uh, and I think that uh, as that happens, um, I think Leon is just like, uh, I don't think so, and is going to grab him and not allow that to happen at all. Um, let's do a grapple check. Oh, yeah. I'm rolling for the soldier. No way. Uh, Leon grabs uh, grabs Curtis and wraps his arm around his mouth uh, and is just going to be holding on to Curtis uh, for the foreseeable future. Uh, but that, So that's what's going on with, uh, with Leon and Curtis. It's like a there. terrifying Calvin and Hobbes situation. It's yeah, it's it's the worst. Just like uh, the worst thing the AI could generate there. Um, so that's going to bring us uh, back to Benjamin the War Priest, who I think is uh, looking at um, looking between Rangram and Cosmo. I think having oh, actually I know exactly having seen uh, Rangram cast that harm spell is going to take focus on another caster in the group, uh, and I think he's just going to burn one of his other big boy spells. Um, this will be a fun one. Can you make me a dexterity saving throw, uh, please, Rangrim? Actually, I'm sorry. This is an area of effect spell. Cosmo, also make an attack. Or also is make a dexterity saving throw. Banish a concentration spell? Uh, it is. So if he casts a spell, your boy is... Not another concentration only, spell, though. Only if it's another spell that it's requires true. him to concentrate on uh... it. Or if he gets hit, then he has to make a save. Or if he gets hit, then he has to make a save to see if he can hold the concentration yep. on it. Uh, yeah, this is a... Um, and no metagaming, boys. Because uh, <laughs> I don't think you would have known, but either way. Um, yeah, I, need I have banishment, so I wouldn't know. I need dex saving I have uh, both. 22 for my dex save. Uh, okay. That is that's gonna make it extra uh, four because you're next to Cosmo too. Pretty much, just all of it. Uh, deck saving throw, dir, uh, well, it's eighteen. All right, if it meets, it beats. Uh, so that is going to be uh, he's casting flame strike. A vertical column of divine fire roars down from the heavens uh, on a location you specify. A creature in a 10-foot radius, uh, you basically center it on a point. Uh, you have to make a dexterity saving throw. You take 4d6 fire damage and 4d6 radiant damage on a failed save or half as much damage on a successful save. Does it harm all targets? Because I think even Yuri would be in that one. He's casting it past you guys so that you guys are just in the 10-foot um, on, on a point within range. So he's not casting oh, okay. on a creature. That's what was fair. That's so, um, all right. Let's roll some. Uh, let's roll some. Some shit. So uh, I'll have these, but eighteen fire damage uh, and fourteen uh, radiant damage. Did I say fourteen fire damage too? You said eighteen fire damage. Eighteen fire damage. Okay. Um, so, so half of that. So, uh, blah, blah, blah. Um, so nine, uh, nine fire damage and seven uh, radiant damage uh, from this the spell that should have probably been a lot bigger 
of a spell. I'm also going to take half of that halved fire damage as well because of my resistance to fire damage. That's that's fair. You okay, know? so he casts down this this really dope looking uh, vertical column of divine fire, and you guys uh, basically just get your eyebrows singed a little bit and a little bit of uh, holy uh, holy uncomfort um, as uh, as this thing kind of uh, you know rockets down. Uh, you guys are both just sitting there, standing, uh, smoking maybe a little bit, uh, and you just see this this mage just like get so frustrated, like his face is just like absolutely uh, just a mask of anger. Um, but that is going to be the uh, the end of their turn, um, as uh, as they are no longer able to do any more spells. So uh, that is going to bring us to Yuri, who like just looking at you Cosmo um, just okay okay I may have underestimated you yes you're uh, <laughs> you're quite a formidable foe huh um wait uh what is that behind you that one over there what is this is that a deception is it a, is it the child in distress maybe I think are you barking at the bad... wrong tree there, comrade? <laughs> it's a very bad deception check. Is it against my what? Insight. Alright. Insight. Alright. Mm-hmm, you might get it. Uh I'd how does a uh, 13 do you? Uh, it ironically is uh, just over uh, just over his 12. So uh, you, you, do, you do not look. Uh, he goes, well, can't blame me for trying, huh? And then he throws, he just starts like ramming up, whamming down on you with the, uh, with the sword. Uh, he's going to roll. First one's a 16. It's not going to do it. That second one is a natural fucking 20. Nice. That's a fun one because his sword has a special ability that we're going to get to here in a second. I feel like we're the uh, OP characters in the anime though and like the whole party's going all out and there's all sorts of crazy effects and then the dust settles and we're still just standing there and we haven't like moved. Um, by the <laughs> way, I know we're oh, going no. <laughs> I know we're going well over time today but I'm trying to wrap it up here shortly. Um, the, oh, uh, I'm in a rush tonight. Cool. Awesome. Uh that is going to be uh, 15 uh, slashing damage. Okay. And uh, there's going to be, let's see, additional effect. Uh, you take an extra additional 14 slashing damage, and I roll another d20. <laughs> let's Why? go for it. Hell yeah, hockey I did, man. I didn't get it, but I'm just going to tell you because it's very fun. If he gets to roll, so he gets to roll another d20. On a roll of 20, if he had rolled another 20, he gets to lop off one of your target's limbs. Oh, <laughs> yeah! Welcome to the club, Kazi boy. That's uh, fun. He did not do it, uh, but either way, uh, you took the additional fourteen uh, slashing damage on top right. of the fifteen, so twenty-nine total damage. Okay. Um, but that's uh, that's going to be it for uh, for Yuri, and he goes, "Damn it! I've always wanted to be able to do that." <laughs> uh, and uh, as he hits you down, hits you with that uh, with that attack, but he feels good about it. He feels good about that other that uh, that secondary attack. Um, but that's going to bring us uh, directly to Cosmo, so uh, you get to uh, respond to his uh, his attacks there. Great. Oh, that's uh, that's some good old might there you got, friend. 
How about I show you a little bit of mine? And uh, Cosmo gives his Warhammer a little twirl. And then you see that uh, good old uh, Divine Smite spark come out of his uh, <laughs> war pick. You see Chet, uh, you hear Chet just like going like, Hell yeah, brother, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Just like as you're swinging him down, just like just radiating like electricity and holy light. Yo, I'm rolling like butts. Uh, what did that be? Nine oh, plus hot ass. Nine plus fifteen, so I mean it's still twenty-four to hit. Uh, yeah, it definitely hits. Okay, well, I guess that one's still fine. That one's a dirty thirty. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. Um. Okay, so 36 on the first hit, and 20 on the second, so 56 damage. You you bring this war pick uh, in, and I think that you just like, I think you pierce through the armor in a couple spots, and you see them kind of like, they're, his knees, they don't buckle, he doesn't go down to a knee, but like, I think that you see the him just like kind of sag a bit forward as you just see blood starts weeping out of these like puncture holes in the front of his armor. Um, and he goes, okay. <coughs> okay. That's, um, that's one hurts. That was, uh, that was a good one. I think I seem to have sprung a leak. Uh, we can uh, be done whenever you want. I can do this all day. Well, you're going to, uh, I mean, then now we are now we are talking. Okay, we're doing. We have a little bit of conversation between Yuri and I. And Yuri and you. Okay, so I'll just go, and we call it even. We good with this? Uh, there's only one place you're going, and that's with us, friend. Well, I have plans later, so I don't. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh then you might be. Uh... I'll have. To, I'll have to ask. Um. I had to have to actually have a date. He already has a date that he's going to be going on, so I don't want to stand them out. That would be incredibly rude. So maybe we um we just let Yuri go, and it's fine. It's cool. We can we can be we can be friends. We can uh you, we can be uh, uh, you say um like a correspondent, say uh, a pen pal, maybe something like this. Uh, I I'm very. I'm, I'm very good with the with the with the quill. Yeah, you can send a correspondence to your date because you're not going to be making it there, uh, friend. <laughs> okay. Uh, so I assume uh, Yuri's uh, per, uh, like at, like asking to to be able to leave. Sounds like that is not an option. Uh, so Yuri does not move <laughs> at this point. Um, but that is uh, is that the end of your turn, Cosmo? Yeah, that's it. Okay, uh, that's going to bring us to Rangrim. Rangrim was like, while Yuri's all blooded, he's like, there's a bucket that I think he takes and he's just putting bricks in it and like was wrapping chain to it, looking at Cosmo like, what do you mean we're going to take him with us? And then he looks over and goes, oh, and just looks directly at the mage and was like, wasn't Glenn supposed to fucking kill you? And then I'm just going to, from where I'm standing, guiding Bolton. Okay, I love it. Um, Sounds great. Uh, Yeah, what is, uh, is there a save on that? It's a... Nope, that is uh, just a spell attack. Okay, roll that attack. Roll your ball. 
We're just gonna drop a drop a little bitty one. Oh, sorry, I should roll for the attack first, huh? And roll a small level eight uh, guiding bolt. <laughs> uh, that is a twenty-five hit. Oh my god! Yeah, that hits. That do. Let's go. That's a lot of sixes. One, two. So that is eighteen, twenty-two, twenty-eight. That is that is a good amount of damage. So he takes twenty-eight damage uh, and is just like illuminated in light. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just just turns into a beacon. Light the beacons. He needs to make a spell, a concentration check for the spell. Oh, yeah. Like 28 uh, damage. I don't know how do that works, though. Yeah, so he has to roll it now above uh, half of a 28. So it's always 10 or half the damage you were taking is the DC, whichever is higher. Uh, I don't think he made that. It's a, what do I, what would I add to it? I haven't played uh, the concentration. Roll of, yeah. It's a con saving throw. Yep, it's a con okay. saving throw. So there's a good chance he could make it, unless he's like dead, dead. 14's not very high. Ooh. Yeah. He rolled a four plus two. So, no. Um, that is a, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a big old six. Glenn, pop, you uh, suddenly appear back underwater. Uh, I assume the spell is, well, actually, he would have gone out of range, technically. <laughs> so I think the spell ends on him, right? Or no? I guess it's, a, it's on spell? it's on a person. This the water breathing spell. Right? I guess it was your spell, so it wouldn't it's my end spell. on you. Every, yeah, it yeah, it's just good. for twenty four. It's a, it's a time too. It's not even a, a range. It's, it's like not a even like an aura spell. or anything. Gotcha. Yep. You're good. Yeah. You, so you're uh, you appear exactly where you were, uh, just like 12, 18 seconds later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, with like some trash in his hand, and it starts to float away. He's like, ah, oh, hate littering in the ocean, and just gonna start like grabbing at it again. <laughs> It's <laughs> gonna kind of like swim up. He's like, "Do we?" Oh, use all your actions. Do yeah, that was. Do we do it? Are we done? Do we kill him? Uh, you do you see the uh the the mage who's like right there? Like he looks down at you and just goes, "Ah," uh. <laughs> as, as he realizes that his spell his spell has failed. Uh, doing a quick assessment. Uh, can I do like an inside check? Does he look like he's going to surrender or we're just going to, is he going down swinging? Uh, he seems like he is getting, he's, he's not desperate yet, uh, but he is quickly getting there. He's glowing. Yeah. He's he quickly does have advantage there. on the next attack that hits him. Uh, yeah. Glenn is going to take my movement to get to this, uh, friendly, friendly fuck. And... Mm -hmm. Um, is is just gonna like impale him with Chandrail? <laughs> okay, uh, yeah, roll me that attack with advantage. That nasty boy attack. Wow, he almost got out of it without uh actually getting hit. That was really really bad until it wasn't. Um, <laughs> thirty one to hit. Uh, yeah, he's gonna hit. Do I have a thing that makes it crit on nineteen? Because that'd be sick. Um, just gives me advantage, and then the elven accuracy. There's a feat that I've had that I've just not been using correctly the whole time. Okay, nope, we're Gucci. Um, yeah, uh, Glenn is just going to since he's like standing above him and Glenn's swimming. Uh, Glenn is just going to slice his Achilles just right across the bottom. Um, <laughs> which is non-lethal, technically. 
It is. Like, it's not going to uh, kill him. Technically non-lethal, but it is a lot of dice. Uh, okay. Roll that attack or roll that damage. Shoobity bop. Oh, wow. And starting with 14 there, and then 8d6 for sneak attack damage. That's so much. It is not a small amount. 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8. I don't want to do math. To everybody, uh, 35 damage to this guy's ankles. Okay, so uh, 21 additional damage after the 14. Um, okay, <clears throat> they are. Uh, I, I think that you slice this and you just see them go down. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to put them in prone, but they definitely drop. I think you cut their Achilles tendon, as you said, and they just drop down to one knee. Uh, blood just like pull, pools into the water around you as you do that, um, as it's just kind of pouring off the dock. Um, and they just like yell out in pain. And uh, yeah, not having a good day. Uh, they are definitely, definitely bloodied and in a bad way. Uh, that's Glenn's turn. He's going okay. to wait to see what the the group wants to do because Glenn's been Glenn has no idea what's been happening here. So he feels that's... like it was just attack and go and like he's in the uh, assess what everybody wants to do mode. I love it. Um... Killing, killing all of them. What are we doing? <laughs> I would have seen Glenn like pop up and just cut his ankles right after he's like, wasn't Glenn supposed to fucking kill this guy? And he's guiding bolts and then sees his ankles just like bleed everywhere. And he's like, oh, there he is. And then sees that guy fall. <laughs> he's just going to look at that other like poor, like conscripted soldier and just be like, I mean, come on, mate. Just sit, ne- sit down next to your friend there. Take your shoes off. Empty your pockets. Come on. Roll me, uh, roll me another intimidation check with advantage. That is a 16 plus. What's my intimidation? It's only a plus two, so it's an 18. Okay. Uh, I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think he literally does that. I think he looks at you, looks at the at the commander at Yuri. It's just sees he's just like weeping blood. Looks down and looks back and sees the uh, the, the war mage who is just like down on one knee with no longer an Achilles tendon on one side and just like I think he just starts like hopping on one foot, taking his shoes off like taking stuff out of his pocket you see like a couple like you know rollos fall out of his pocket into the water uh some 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 pocket change um you see like he just kind of takes off his belt and like puts it on the ground he takes his helmet off and he just kind of like piles it all in a pile and pushes it towards you and sits down uh cross-legged on the ground uh completely disarmed and uh that is what uh bartholomew does um you see over the side of you too um you see uh, Leon just picked who's still holding this uh, this soldier uh, you can see that the soldier is like struggling against him and then you see them just kind of like go limp and uh, and Leon just kind of like holds him up and he just like he's kind of like waves over to you guys like gives you the thumbs up that he just kind of has inca- incapacitated this uh, this soldier over here as well uh, so that they won't be yelling out um, but things seem like they're going going super well uh, the um, I think that this is gonna bring us to the top of the round with uh, the war priest who's just like is just breathing heavily and is just like really in a bad way uh and i think he's looking over at yuri uh who he sees just like is damn near ready to just you know bite the big one uh and i think he is uh i i think he's okay so how about this i think he is going to hold an action uh and he's gonna wait for Yuri uh, to to see what Yuri's gonna do. But he's gonna he he is preparing something. You can see that there is he is he is preparing some sort of action. Um, 
and uh, that's going to bring it to Yuri's turn. And Yuri, uh, looking at the soldier who's taking all of his clothes off and sitting cross, you know, crisscross applesauce on the ground, is going to uh, look at, and look back at the war mage who's just sitting there, kind of like looking resolute, um, but you know, kind of uh, you know, really, really beat. Uh, Yuri looks back at the at Cosmo and Rangrim and goes, oh, "Well, I guess I will not be making that date." And he turns uh, rack around and nods at the War Mage. And as he does so, the War Mage's alarm spell goes off. Counterspell. Um, and you cast counters. You have counterspell. <laughs> Let's fucking go. <sighs> counterspell. Counterspell. And if, just, we're, if we're just straight hopping order, I'm going to cut the War Mage's head off okay. on the, the follow-through of that that move. Okay, I'm, I'm reading the alarm spell. I mean, it's obviously a level one spell, uh, so... <laughs> he doesn't even let that one sit. He's just like, counterspell. Yep. Yeah, just flat out. Oh my god, the fact you get counterspell. We're so does it, does it even... Uh, is there any save or anything? It just does? <laughs> Uh, I think because it's a higher spell, it will do it no matter it's, what. It's, it's like similar the to the spell The creature is casting a spell of third level or lower. The spell fails and has no effect. Okay. So my reaction is <laughs> counter spell, and my action is to cut his head off. <laughs> I fucking love it. Okay. Um, he goes to do that, and... Uh, uh, I, I think, yeah, I'm not going to stop you, so... I'm just um, going to whisper, under the sea. <laughs> Okay, uh, yeah, I I'm not gonna make you do it. He's 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 so low. Um, roll the attack, and we'll see whether or not you hit. But I think that's all I'm gonna ask from you. This is a coup de gras. Uh, this cutie has been broad. Uh, thirty-one to hit. But no, thirty-four to hit. Nineteen does, plus fifteen. That do hit. Um, that okay. Uh, how describe to me, describe to us all uh, how this happens. I think, so the whip can be a spell casting uh, apparatus. So I think what happens is he goes to speak the somatic component of the alarm spell. And Glenn whips forward because Glenn's behind him and he's kind of like slightly crippled. Uh, not Glenn, but the mage whips around his neck. And he's holding Chandrell, and he just pulls the guy backwards. And since he's got no Achilles, he's got no stability, and it just is going to, like, pike through the back of his head. And there's just Chandrell sticking out his mouth. Oh, my God. So gruesome. Uh, I think, I mean, that he just, that happens. And he just kind of, like, his body, like, the, the, the water walking spell fades immediately, and his body just, like, sinks into the water. Uh, next to you, it's... Now you just kind of you just kind of have a a, a boy skewer at on the front of your on your front of your swords. That's you'll have to Slip deal with that. Uh, he's just kind of chilling there. Um, but I think we're out of combat at this point. Yuri uh, sitting there going, "Well, shit." <laughs> so you got the option to uh, survive and come with us and maybe make that date another day, or you could be on the other side of the skewer. Also, sorry, Leon. I know you were trying to. <laughs> Low pro, but uh, had to solve that one. Hey, what do you, uh, you know, sometimes you don't really have, uh, gotta break a, what is that, omelet thing? Whatever, it's fine. Uh, that I'm one. Breaking omelet uh, to that, crack some eggs. That metaphor, yep, that one. That's a good one. Gotta remember that. Um, 
so I don't know if you all want to take them with you. We uh we also can um, store them somewhere here if you would prefer not to take the baggage with you unless you enjoy your conversations with uh with Captain Idiot over there. Oh, well, I mean, we could at least take Captain Idiot and find out what he knows or oh, we're we going to take leave. him in his naked little pal here too cuz this guy looks like he wants to be my friend on my boat trip. <laughs> oh, that's so terrifying. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, a, a puddle just appears. That uh, the, the docks are all wet, but I think it's cold. It's a cold night, and steam just kind of starts uh, seeping up from where this guy's sitting. He Co- looks like he wants to be my friend. Co- Cosmo immediately <laughs> kind of like snaps to, and he's like, oh, my gosh, Noah. <laughs> he runs to the oh, edge. Oh, shit. <laughs> Who? uh he's he's floating face up luckily in the water but he he does seem to be partially unconscious um and you were able to pull noah back up on on uh up on the deck uh that's you know that's still it's like a ramp basically at this point uh and noah is uh he's breathing um but uh you know it hasn't been that long because combat's pretty uh pretty short so Uh, but he seems to still be breathing but he's uh, definitely unconscious good uh i think Sure, then, if you guys want to take these two with us, then, Leon, maybe we can get these other ones uh, disposed of or stored away for the time being. Yeah, I think we can make... Yeah, I think we can humanely uh, put them aside. They, I mean, they're taking a little nap right now, so he kind of picks... He walks over and picks up the other one, uh, just, like, one in each each arm uh, and kind of, uh, like... I think he sets them down and wraps like some some sturdy uh, like tears basically one of their sleeves off and wraps like a like something around their mouths uh, and probably actually a, a blindfold as well uh, on either of these uh, these figures and uh, picks them up and uh, just kind of is has them ready. Uh, so um, I guess uh, you guys walk Yuri onto the uh, the boat and as well uh, as the other soldier. So yeah, since if Yuri's like very bloodied at this point, right? Uh, Glenn's going to just kind of walk up to Yuri and go, I hope you're ready. For, or Sorry, I hope you don't get too seasick, uh, but night-night time, and just going to squeeze one of the dust shrooms into his face <laughs> and cast basically the sleep spell on him and just knock him out so he can't talk he or just, yell or do anything. He goes like, well, I had a nap, and then he just kind of like <laughs> falls and like smacks his head I already took ground. my nap for my date. Yep. <laughs> right? uh, and uh, the other one, I think, just like I don't even waste up. one on him. I just let him. He's, he's, he's dutifully, he just he just like in battle. He's, he's not trying he, to fight. He's mostly nude. He just gets up and like dutifully walks onto the boat and sits down on it. Does he uh, help just, us carry Yuri? Does he? Yeah. Is he, like, is he aiding and abetting at this point? <laughs> he must be he, out of fear. If you asked him, I'm sure he would. But either way, he he goes and sits down on the boat against the wall and just crisscross on the ground again, uh, with just like silent tears streaming down his face, uh, <laughs> Bartholomew, um, as you uh, as as you guys load up uh, Yuri onto there. Um, and I think that um, as you guys are all getting onto uh, getting onto the ship, um, you know, obviously making sure Noah is okay, just kind of putting him against the the, the wall so that he can uh, you know doesn't choke on his own tongue uh leon walks over to you with the two soldiers in tow and goes uh now is, i hate just letting you guys go out there on your own but i know that that's probably probably for the best uh, i don't uh, know i uh i feel like i should have some sort of like 
heavy moment because uh, you know might be the last time I see you or whatever. But to be honest, that's not really uh, it's not really my kind of thing. So, hey, Leon, get the fuck off the boat, and he's gonna start pushing <laughs> us like away from the, the dock. <laughs> Obviously, uh, tongue in cheek, like kind of give him a little smirk, but I. I think he, uh, you see him, um, you know, he's still in his half, like, wear tiger form, his hybrid form, and you see him smirking, like, a big, uh, like, you know, row of teeth, uh, you know, kind of gleam in the uh, in the moonlight um, as the, uh, well, the three of you, along with two new friends, uh, push off in this boat, and uh, you kind of uh, silently drop the sails uh, and catch the, the, night's, uh, the night's wind uh, as you head south. Uh, into uh, the Von Hurst lock. Uh, just, I think everything is kind of lit, um, lit on the ship from these like it following. Is lit. <laughs> it's lit, dude. It's it's lit as hell. But I, everything is uh, just kind of like ed. lit uh, from above by these uh, these these falling streaks of multicolored light as the starfall uh, continues as you head out into the inky black darkness of the Von Hurst lock. Uh, searching for the long-lost temple of Ao and uh, Cosmo. As you are, uh, I think that like this is a little bit like later. I think that you guys have been uh, heading out for like maybe five, ten minutes at this point. As you get closer, as you're as you're like heading out towards the center of the Von Herzlock, Obviously, there's still more. You, like there's still a lot further you need to go. Cosmo, you feel something urging you forward you don't know what it is but you don't know whether it's intuition you don't know whether it's just like a desire to wrap this up but from deep down inside of you you feel that destiny is close at hand and that is where we're going to leave the session tonight Thank you for listening to the Almost Heroes and their mostly 5th edition D&D adventures. We post new podcast episodes every Monday, and you can catch us live on Twitch every Tuesday at 7 p.m. PST at twitch.tv slash bangerangbobby. See you there.